I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And we're a gay. And his envy. Episode number 70. Thank you all so much for listening to another episode of A Gay and His Envy, where we're talking all the things that we are watching on television this week. This big Saturday episode is the rest of our Real Housewives discussions, and we cannot wait to get into all of it. But before we do, we have a few housekeeping notes that we always have to get out of the way first. The first being that wherever you're listening to us right now, whether that be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, please go leave a rating and a review. Um, it's so th- helpful to us whenever you do that because it helps us get into the algorithm, helps us get seen by more and more people, uh, gives us the necessary feedback that we need. So we would be really, really appreciative if you can go leave that rating and review right now before continuing on with this podcast. Um, and also, you can follow us across social media platforms, all at a gay and his MB, and that includes Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Threads. Uh, over there, we're posting new clips from the podcast. We are posting uh, our instant thoughts of things we're watching and talking about. So before you listen to this podcast, if you want to get our instant thoughts before then, you follow us on our social medias. You check us out over there, and you can get all of that right at your fingertips. Uh, you can also get merchandise from us over at againismb.threadless.com. Uh, we have nine different designs that you can get on a variety of different items, including t-shirts and mugs and stickers and everything in between. Uh, it's a great set of designs uh, that we would love for you to wrap uh, on your person. And like I mentioned, you can do that by going to againismb.threadless.com and picking up something today. Uh, and finally, if you have a question for us you would like us to answer on a future episode of the podcast, you can submit that to uh, us across our social media platforms that I mentioned or at agayinisnb at gmail.com. Uh, include your name and any info you want us to mention uh, and your question, and we may answer it on a future episode of the podcast. So be sure to send those questions in. Babe, what are we talking about this episode, this big episode 70 of Agayinisnb? We're going to be talking about Our Ladies with the Diamonds. Yes, that's uh, Beverly Hills. Um, we're going to be uh, talking about Sutton's store, uh, having their uh, the fourth year anniversary uh, for Sutton's store. So that's exciting. And we'll be providing more uh, accurate medical information, information than Anna Marie will. Oh. We'll get to it. Interesting how Google can just give us information. I mean, the people shit on Google doctors, but like still, like it's still better than what Anna Marie's bringing. Literally. Um, and then we're also going to be talking about our ladies with the mojitos. That's right. We're going to be talking about Real Housewives of Miami. They're still on this trip to uh, Palm Beach. Uh, so that is going to be amazingly fun. We play croquette. We talked about uh, Lenny. Uh, and then, but, <laughs> that, but, that is fun. But uh, before we get to any of that, let's talk about our snowflakes. That's right. We're talking about Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City for this week, still in Bermuda. And God, Salt Lake is great this fucking season. It's so good. I, I know we kind of been like really happy about the season so far, but we really like it is fucking good. It is like one of it's probably one of the best franchises this year. Uh, honestly. And I, I maybe I'll eat my words next week but how could they do any of this without monica i know monica's so essential monica's the star of this season and like i i what is gonna happen next week yeah like her or hate her like disagree with her whatever like i think she's so much bringing it and like i just hope she's not shoved off the show 
I got I, I if if she is, I feel like that's such a huge miscarriage of justice because while these other women are also great in their own rights in certain regards, like I I just think that it's such a big mistake because Monica's been so vital. And Y'all like, stuck it out with Jen motherfucking Shaw for three years. And that's the thing. You can have you have someone who has brought similar ish drama as Jen. Not drama like like tension, like certain, like you know, dramatic moments. I think you right. know, up are up to the level of what Jen was bringing. Without that same, seemingly, we'll see, but that same toxicity, right? And I think, like, when and it, you know, illegality, yeah. we'll also see. Well, yeah, but I think, like, it's so like they found such a sweet spot now, and yeah. it's like I would hate if they deviated from it. You know, and and it's really like an ensemble cast in many ways. Like everyone's bringing something. Like Meredith, I think, is at some of her best this season. Like I, I've kind of turned the corner on Angie K in certain ways. Not turned the corner, but like can appreciate her. She's for, Greek and has depth. And adept. <laughs> uh, mm, I didn't uh, say it was like the deep end of a swimming pool, but it's no longer a sunning, you know, the sun platform where it's like three inches deep. She's just a corny, a corny Greek woman. And, and, and that's fine. And, and it's, and it's bringing something. And so, but at least it's bringing something. Does Greek cuisine have corn? Uh, uh, <laughs> anyway, I, I can't think of any. I was like, uh, uh, Angie, answer, answer a question. Uh, we were I mean, I know that corn comes from the Americas, like the, uh, indigenous people on in the Americas are the ones that like cultivated corn and right. made it like the thing it is today. But like they could have taken it back. Sure, why not? Uh, Opa, as they say. Um, <laughs> um, so they wake up the next morning in uh, Bermuda. Uh, Heather's already decorating for Monica's birthday. Uh, Whitney's gifted her a shirt that says "Salty AF." <laughs> They're definitely in a very celebratory mood to start. Yeah. And it's going to turn. Uh-huh. We'll see. Um, so uh, Angie and Meredith end up starting to help Heather decorate uh, before breakfast. Heather asks uh, Meredith, what did you think of last night with Lisa and Whitney? And Meredith goes, there were a lot of moving parts. And Whitney was coming in very upset, rightfully so. She was in a hurt place. I don't I don't know if you saw Emily from She Speaks Bravo talk about this scene where she was basically like, it is so clear Meredith didn't remember what the fuck happened last night. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was tension and, you know, there was anger and and, and people were mad and <laughs> it's, it's it's like you'd have you were zoned the fuck out. <laughs> like No Poor thing was like the walking dead. Yeah. Heather's like, she told me to shut the fuck up. <laughs> Meredith then goes, I don't think anyone should speak that way. Period. I don't believe in speaking that way. Cut to the, <laughs> they cut to the, tell her to fuck off. What, what I, I've started to like hone in on what the Meredith voice is. And it's really like, uh, a mix between the, you know, the, the teacher from Charlie Brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also the, um, uh, what's that character from the Amanda show? Oh, fuck. Yes. I know. Exactly. Yeah. That, yeah. With uh-huh. the teeth. Yeah. With a little bit of Roz from Mos- Monsters Inc. Very Roz. Oh, my God. It's like 
at the corner of those three accents is where I'm so Meredith ex- Marks lives. I'm so excited because Sarah Paulson's doing some new Broadway uh, whatever, and she said that she's channeling Meredith Marks in the performance. I will be sat for that performance. It's going to be so good. Like, it's it really is. Probably just, not literally, but you know. Yeah. Uh, buy us tickets. Uh, <laughs> and then this amazing moment. So Heather's talking about how annoyed she is at Whitney. She goes, well, shocking that we're debating all the ups and downs of Whitney being and then as soon as she says that Whitney opens the door and comes in and she Heather goes Petty hi Whitney <laughs> <laughs> but you had to finish the sentence didn't you <laughs> of course Whitney goes I'm sorry I said that or she uh, says that she heard her name Whitney tells Heather I'm sorry I said that to you I don't want to talk to you that way Heather then just hugs her and goes don't ever do it again <laughs> Heather was like again there was some weirdness to Heather that was like so like I could we'll get to it later with some of the discussions as well. It's like something about just maybe it's vacation Heather because it's always on vacations because she it was very similar to how she acted last year during the trip where they she got the black eye in like San Diego or whatever the fuck. Also, we've been told we're going to find out the truth about that. So who knows? Yeah, when I it's coming down to the wire. Um, but like, yeah, there's something about Heather that just like puts her on edge and she just feels different and it's such a stark difference in like even the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, Whitney talks to her confessional, how she hopes Heather's over it because she doesn't want to feel like she wasted an apology. Uh, Whitney was very funny in her confessionals too. We'll get to that, uh, later. Yeah. It was like, she had a certain number of apologies in her (laughs) and she was like, "Mm, but if that one doesn't count anymore. Then it's kind of wasted, and now I'm down to seven. Yeah. What am I going to... I can't just have seven. No. I need eight. (laughs) Oh, at one point, so Angie's helping decorate, and Heather goes, who did this? It looks like a freaking ball sack, because it's two (laughs) inflatable (laughs) balloons next to each other. Angie, the confessor, goes, I think she's a little more well-versed in the ball sack department. And you were like, what does that mean? You have... You have a child. You're married to an alleged straight man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but she doesn't have sex. That's, oh, that's That's right. what it is. She How did you get your children? <laughs> well, she had sex the one time. But, uh, like, but now she can't have sex because she's too busy dealing with her 12-year-old, you know, toddler, basically, or something. The I word. guess. Yeah, again, like we said, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, Lisa walks in as they're decorating. Maybe she is in the mafia. (laughs) (laughs) That's what all her time is spent doing. I guess. Lisa walks in as uh, they're decorating and goes, guys, we did such a good job. And they're like, really? (laughs) Uh, She's like, oh my God, did you bring a giant, you know, uh, air pump or whatever? And like Heather goes, no, it's like a manual pump, but go, go ahead. You'll know how to use it. And Lisa goes, this is how I get my jazz tickets. (laughs) Oh, my God. I was like, I love that we can joke about that now. Also, wasn't it blowies for jazz tickets? Sure. Wasn't she giving hand jobs for something else? No. Vita placements. That's what it was. Oh, no. It was blowies. Originally, it was blowies for the for the Vita placement and the hand jobs or sexual favors for the jazz tickets, but then they got conflated and it ended up blowies for jazz tickets. Yeah, Whitney Dunn, I, Whitney Dunn fucked that whole thing up. When you I, I, I feel like trying to follow that conversation is like, what is that that meme of the guy that's like explaining a conspiracy theory with like the Oh, the it's red, from Always Sunny. 
with all the red yarn on the push pin board. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like that trying to trace where all of that came from. Um, Monica comes down early and they all yell surprise. Heather says, you're now officially entering middle age. Cause she loves to say that they're all middle age all the time, <laughs> which you were like, she's 39. Like, is that middle age? She's like, look, 36 is when you've been an adult for an adult amount of years. Sure. So, like, you've been 18 yeah, for 18 I years. Yeah, So, like, she's barely above legal at yeah. this point. 39? She she's barely, she's barely there. <laughs> like, come on. She's not even been 21 for 21 years. You can't be middle-aged until you've been 21 for 21 years. Yeah. Uh, Heather crowns Monica queen for the day, and she has a sash and a tiara and a little scepter and like which would lend to some really funny visuals later in the day yeah when things got more emotional she's she's got the 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 scepter and she's got the shawl and the shawl (laughs) (laughs) Uh, oh is it it a sequin (laughs) it's sequins no no no, it's sequins. No, I say sequins. Get ready for a drag race review is coming soon. Um, so uh, Monica is talking to them about like you know I don't want to make this sappy, but like honestly, this is insane. Like I've never had a birthday like this in my life, and she's really thankful. She tells about how she's uh, going to spend part of the day meeting up with her family um, and stuff like that. Um, but she talks about how her mom had thought of going. Up. She says that her mom had said something about. May, she had heard was it that she heard that her mom wanted to come or something but basically she says by saying that that her mom didn't show up to her therapy session and we see a flashback where she just didn't show up yeah which well, is like you you literally made the agreement and like you like you suggested it like but yeah so for from what i'm understanding she didn't show up to therapy, but she was helping her coordinate this meeting with the family. Right. And um, wasn't going to come for the whole trip, but wanted to come for that. Yeah. But Monica's like, I don't think it's about being there for me, you know, because when it's time to do the work, she doesn't show up. And it's like, yeah. Like, it's so, like, I just, yeah, I hate her mom. I'm, I'm 1,000%. Whether, whether Monica is, is being duplicitous elsewhere we'll see what happens later on in the season like whatever and i think that there there might be some validity to certain things i was telling you how i was kind of being overly vigilant at certain points this episode like because of like what we know is to come with monica like yeah that was maybe overanalyzing certain things one thing i know for sure her mom is an asshole like completely whether or not you know monica's in the right on anything else um, yeah. Well, and I've been trying to avoid anything that is forward going in news and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Scandal ruined that for me, right? Um, so I've been very much trying to cut out any news story or interview or anything like that that hints to future stuff. Right. The only thing that I will allow in is what happens on Watch What Happens Live and what is in previews. Because that is part of the Bravo product. That is part of what they are putting out as meant to be 
part of the story of the season. Yeah, I am. And you're meant to see it in that time. And I haven't gotten much outside of the news, like I would say, for for anything. They've kept it pretty tight-lipped, I would say, for the most I, part. I would say for the most part as well. Um, I will say the the fact that we know that there's some sort of turning against Monica has only added tension, which is a good tension. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As to... Holy shit, what's going to happen? When's it going to happen? Oh my god, they're running out of time. What's going to when's this what? Ha So that's been good, but other than that, I've been actively avoiding it and just judging people based on what I'm seeing on the screen. Yeah. Which at this point, I have seen no reason to dislike Monica, distrust Monica, and so I'm standing Monica until proven wrong. I mean, I still am, but I think there's certain things I'm questioning for sure, I would say. Um, Monica tells them, okay, so the plan is we're going to go to jet skis and then we're going to go to the beach and then we're going to get into our Bermudian pirate wench costumes. And then Lisa pulls a face like, oh, fuck God, costumes again. Like, like, like she's having like Vietnam flashbacks to the Trixie motel. But like, also you knew this cause you had to have packed it. Yeah. Lisa goes, so, you know, I don't like to get dressed up. So my contribution is hoop earrings. <laughs> and then, oh my God. Heather then goes. Full naked and hoop earrings. That works. And then goes, Whitney's having so much of, a, of an effect on you. I'm really proud of you. And I'm like, Heather. Like, you can't, like, the way Heather is, like, poking in this regard is, like, so fucking fascinating. Like, the way that, like. And it, it started, it didn't even start when they got on the trip. It started when they started planning the trip. Yeah. It's just, again, I think. Maybe there is something to what I was saying about her having, like, mother on vacation energy. I think that's what it is. There's something. Yeah. We're going to have fun. Yeah. It has to be perfect. Um, Why are you crying? This is the happiest place on earth. Mm. Um, as they're getting ready, though, uh, in their own rooms, Monica then texts Lisa to come up to her balcony. Um, she's like, and you may sit here and points her scepter. And Lisa goes, oh, my gosh, you in that scepter. And also it echoes up here. So you sound like super regal. <laughs> <laughs> and I find the fact that Monica, the way that Monica and Lisa are so cool right now to be so interesting, so much so to the fact that Monica then decides, oh, I'm going to invite you to visit my family when I go visit them. And I was like, okay, like, wh- why? This was interesting. I get her point about, like, part of it is you don't know really my family dynamics, so maybe getting to see that will help in that regard that's fair because lisa was the one questioning the stuff about her mom yeah and that's not really what it is she was great yada 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 but also my i but the thing is also like when you've critiqued her for being tone deaf and being somebody that like doesn't like think through what she's saying and yeah, i wouldn't little, trust her is out of touch i wouldn't no i wouldn't put her in that new environment especially in something that is clearly a tenuous relationship yeah you want to do the be- you know set the best standard i guess um monica though then decides to tell lisa that uh what meredith told her that basically she believes that angie is in like the greek mafia and lisa goes oh my god are you crazy as she's telling her this we then cut to what i thought was the most comical moment of the episode which is angie they captioned underneath angie the dawn katsanavis and she's in her greek flag bikini Trying to get onto this like flamingo pool floating, going, oh, no, wait, no. And failing miserably. Uh, no, no, oh, God, oh, God. <laughs> Just like flopping like a fish, like to get on this thing. Yeah, this real, you know, brain trust that, you know, is 
a part of this like big mafia scheme. <laughs> Look, we've at least all seen clips from mob lives. They're not all geniuses. Sure, but those are wives. That's a little like that's you know. They're saying Angie's in the mafia, which like yeah, but the, the the wives are in. They're they're in. You're either in or you're out. Right. <laughs> sure. And if you're out, you're dead. Yeah. So the fact that she's alive means she's in. Yeah. Uh, Monica basically brings up how they had discussed, you know, Angie's finances um, and about these DMs that she had gotten. Um, and Lisa just immediately puts two and two together. She goes, it's ironic that she's having this conversation with you. And then all of a sudden you're getting documents to back it up. It was the same thing last year with my SEC filing. And I was like, okay, that is a good grab because she, but it doesn't fully make sense because Meredith's saying, I got these, Meredith was only saying, I got these DMs. It wasn't that like other people were getting DMs, unless I'm mistaken. Were other, like, was Heather and Jen also getting stuff? No. It was, I'm getting these DMs. You should check to see if you did too. Right. Was that last year as well? Oh, no. I don't know about last year. Yeah. Well, I'm just. I feel like. I feel like Lisa's point is she learned from last year. Right. And is upping her game. And they're basically all settled on the fact that Meredith does this shady shit. Like, they're pretty right. much, you know. Um, Lisa goes, I feel like Meredith is setting you up to do her dirty work. She's, like, losing it. This is, like, crazy. <laughs> and, like, Monica's like, I really hope that's not the case because I'm going to look like an asshole, kind of. And, like, also that's technically already happened with me in terms of these, like, Angie Sean rumors. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I, yeah. Um, but also the question is, why is Monica bringing up in the first place? Like, I, that was my big question was like, much in the same way with the Whitney stuff last season. It's like, Whitney kept being like, oh, I'm a pawn. I'm a pawn in the game. It's like, but you're, you're saying, you're knowingly saying that and then bringing out the rumors. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, you have, again, I think I said it last year, you have free will. You can't complain about being a pawn and then gleefully jump on the chessboard. Right. Um, they all head out onto the sprinter to go to the jet skiing. This, what was Heather wearing? That's like, that like silver look with like these weird, like, like billowy silver. People were saying she looked like she was going to the Renaissance tour. I don't even remember. And she had like these like weird, like those, she had like, you know, those glasses that Bobby lights had on, on house of villains that look like alien, like, um, like weird, like you're in the matrix or something vibes. Yeah. Where did we see a bunch of those recently? I think on salt Lake too. Cause Angie's like big on the sunglasses. Maybe no, I, there was a, anyway, Anyway, but the, yeah, it was a jarring experience to say the least. Like, yeah, um, it was on Dancing with the Stars. There was a bunch of people in the audience behind the judges that had those alien right, 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 sunglasses right. Yeah, at I one remember, point. I remember that now. <laughs> I love this great Angie in the car in the cars are driving. Goes, okay, guys, let's all like make up raps and like judge each other's raps. And Heather goes, how about we all play the quiet game? <laughs> I, I I I'm with that. It's like I don't need more white men rapping on this show. Nope. Um, uh, I don't know how the topic comes up, but Heather talks about how Ashley's like in college and she's like, yeah, she's like living her best life right now. She's, you know, enjoying things and all that stuff. Monica then goes, has she had sex? Like as like, a, it, here's my thought. It is a weird question to ask. People were like, why the fuck is Monica asking? Like, what is your daughter having sex? It's a weird, se it's a weird question to ask 
in general, but when Heather has been talking up the fact that she openly encourages her kids to have sex. Right. That's the, so the, yeah. So I can understand why you would think that question would be received differently than it was. Not that I still think it was appropriate or not. Well, Heather kind of takes it very harshly. She goes, I'm not, I mean, I'm not talking about my daughter's sex life. Like, you know, I would never disrespect her like that, which I agree with. Like, cause it is a different, like I wouldn't, expect someone to talk like if i was her daughter i would be pissed if she was talking about right. my sex life on camera with like a group of random people like i think that's true but like you mentioned she it then morphs in a certain part later where heather becomes this really like prudish individual and i'm like right. what happened here like yeah she was ever since like season one talking about being single and like getting to sleep with black men now and like like she was doing that for years on the show yeah um, my new conspiracy theory that I just came up with right now is that Heather is a twin <laughs> and when, and the only, only one of them is actually allowed to leave the state of Utah. Okay. And that one goes on all the trips and that's why this one is a bitch. It's, it's because that it, person is still a full on Mormon and fully repressed. Okay. But liberated um heather is back in utah what in the disney channel original movie i i don't know it just (laughs) popped in my head i am also smoking pot as we record this so (laughs) that could that that could be where this is coming from (laughs) oh god so basically uh and then heather is like i mean like would it be like normal for me to like ask my daughter like how her sex is and monica goes i mean chris jenner does it all the time but nobody asked that They just ask the simple question of, has she done that yet? Yeah. That's a pretty tame question to ask. I mean, sure, does it cross a line with most people? Yes. But you've made comments to where it seems like that would be an okay question to ask. Sure. But I also, like, Monica, like, Kris Jenner is not the model. (laughs) No, she's a good momager, not a good mom. Monica in her confessional goes, girl, are you a bad Mormon or not? I feel like a bad Mormon would talk about sex. And, like, I mean, I guess it's, it's more plays into what happens later as well. Like, I think the prudishness, like I said, with Heather doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Right. Um, they all go on jet skis and are and are driving around. Um, at one point, Angie's just, like, grabbing onto Whitney's tits in the back. Like, she's, like... like that was weird. And Angie in her commercial going, this is the most wet and wild that time that I've ever had with another woman. And I'm like, maybe they're both each other's beards. Maybe. I, I can get behind that. Um, yeah. They all, okay. But then things start to turn after they go jet skiing because then they all head back into the van. Um, Lisa, I love Lisa. Does anyone want a honey stack? <laughs> Angie, uh, it's like, you need to go back to the Kit Kats. And Lisa goes, I did have a Kit Kat this morning. <laughs> like, what I, is a honey stick? I have no fucking clue. Okay. <laughs> but, but I love that Lisa's like, but don't get confused. I do have to stand up, stay on brand. I do have a Kit Kat <laughs> on my person at all times. Um, but then it just immediately shifts. Cause like, so it like goes quickly where Monica is while they're on the bus, like pulling up her phone reads clearly something and then immediately leaves the van sobbing like and just like going off into the restroom lisa spots it immediately and then goes to check on her uh like monica monica what (laughs) 
just I here's the, I loved Lisa in this moment in terms of I do think she was genuinely being very yeah. like protective and and nice to Monica, but it was just in that voice. It's just right. like <laughs> it's it's hard to take it. Kind of like it's hard when they're in like weird costumes to take them seriously when they're fighting. Yeah, it's hard to take lisa seriously with anything with that voice yeah and monica's crying and she goes my mom just made my family not meet me and lisa goes why why would she do that um but and and so monica doesn't know i'll say monica doesn't know this for sure but she can only like infer that like based off of like basically basically so and also Mon- apparently Monica got really pissed online because people were being like, this seems fake. Like this could be like people were theorizing that she was never going to meet with the family in the first place. And so this was like, you know, whatever. But Monica provided receipts where she yeah. literally was like communicating with producers and they had like, like already had like calls with them and sort of like, right. you know, cause you have to, cause you don't just show up. Like production has already pre-scouted the space. They know they, yeah, clearly. Yeah. Uh, but Monica is pretty sure that her mother basically said something to them to cancel the, and like, she said they basically cut off all communication with her, which was like really fucked up. And which is the only really, the only explanation of what it could have been. Right. Like, but what did, I forgot someone brought up, what could she have said to her, to them? I don't know. I, I don't put anything beyond that woman. Yeah. Like, she could have made up lies. She could have made up rumors and nastiness. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, there, there's, especially if they haven't seen her in 29 years. Yeah. Like, they don't really have any allegiance to her, you know? Yeah. And Monica says her confessional that it's one thing to feel like I have a rocky relationship with my mom. And it's another thing to feel like I have no family at all. And so it's like, and it is like an extra blow in the sense that we, she's already talked about how she has no knowledge of her dad and like, no. So basically a disparate connection with that side completely. So now that all of her mom's side is now being cut off, it's like an extra, like, you know, jarring element to this. Um, Lisa says her confessional, I can't believe Monica's mom would meddle in something important to her, especially on her birthday. I don't know much about the dynamic between Monica and her mom, but clearly it was different than what I thought it was. And so, okay. There fe- it felt genuine on Lisa's part. Like it, it you know, it, it, I don't know. Like it was, it, it was interesting that Lisa, growth. yeah, growth, at least for the time being. Um, and I couldn't, oh God, I couldn't help but laughing because they go back on the bus after Lisa calms her down and Monica's like, wait, I think my shoe is out there. And Lisa goes, you need it? <laughs> I was like, what do you think? Yeah, she needs it. It's a shoe. <laughs> but then I love Monica just crying with her sash and like, I'm shoeless, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Monica's like, she, and Monica says like she was basically having a panic attack, essentially. Yeah. She actually thanked Lisa on social media even afterwards. Like, no matter what's happened with us, like, she was very helpful to me in that. And Lisa tells them what had happened. And so they're all comforting her and trying to support her. Um, and, and just trying to like, you know, get her back in a better headspace. I love how they're going, listen, Linda, you're not going to ruin our day, which is funny because her name's Linda. And that meme is really funny. <laughs> I love that meme. Yeah. <laughs> Linda, 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 listen, Linda. <laughs> um, yeah. So they all try to get Monica back on like a better place. They all head to the beach um, and they're having lunch. 
Um, they're sitting around these chairs just talking, and they Lisa basically suggests then they do a round of like fuck Mary Kill. Um, I love they really didn't. I feel like they sort of like I don't know why people don't understand the idea that like you present three names for th- fuck Mary Kill, they were kind of just like going through everyone. And and some people being like like just but I think Lisa and Angie and Meredith both just picked their own husbands for fuck and I'm like okay come on yeah like <laughs> Meredith picked her own husband for everyone yeah um, but then Lisa going I have to fuck John Barlow I can't fuck anybody else and and Monica's like oh come on play the game Lisa's like I can't even think of anyone else because I love fucking John and then Monica goes like name a celebrity and Lisa goes Idris Elba. Idris Elba. And it's like, oh, you found that real quickly then. Like, To be fair, Idris Elba is never far. Sure. You don't have to go searching for Idris Elba. It's like first, second in line. Like, it's right there. I mean, first is always going to be Henry Cavill for me. But Idris Elba is up there. I don't even... I can't even think of my celebrity crush because I think a lot of celebrity... Like, the typical celebrity crushes aren't really my type. That's fair. Um, I can see you going for a Jack Black. No. Oh, really? no. That's with like the personality. Like I, I can't like No, no. We're not talking about personalities. We're talking about attraction. But physical. I got to look at but I got to look at him. And no, no, no. And you know he's going to be pulling some weird faces. That's fair. Yeah. 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 We'll we'll come back to it. Um so they're all on the beach still and Lisa decides to pull Angie aside. Um, to Lisa tells her, so it's literally been like so hard for me to like keep my mouth shut, but I have to tell you about what Monica told me. And she lays out the whole scenario. Uh, and Angie's like flabbergasted by this. Angie goes, she is constantly trying to threaten my family, my reputation. She keeps coming for me. She is making a lifetime commitment. And I'm like, that sounds like mob talk. Like, yeah, I love Angie literally. I, I appreciate Angie being like, if you're going to call me a member of the Greek mafia, I'm going to lean the fuck in, basically. I guess. But didn't she not know about that at this point? Sure. Well, no, no, no. no. Oh, but no, this Lisa was a confessional. Yeah, no. No. Oh, God, was it? I can't remember. No, Lisa told, tells her, though, that she, Monica said that she's in the Greek mafia at this point. Okay. But my point being that, like, like she leans into it in a way that's like very like i don't believe the greek mafia rumor like i i actually don't i don't, I don't either but didn't, it's funny and also didn't it lisa at one point try to say that the documents that monica sent said that she was in the greek mafia i'm like i that's don't think the documents the would say that works. i like unless she was like like also if it's because she was being investigated for it like like Again, I think the way that the people go after the mob, it's not like that explicit. Like, well, the mob and the mafia are different things. Sure, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah, the the yeah, and and then Angie then turn. Oh, I didn't. This made me uncomfortable. Angie and her confessional going. If she wants to see gangster, I'm going to show her gangster. And I'm like, oh god. And like the hard R on gangster, I was like, well, but that—that's what a member of the mafia is called. Yeah, but there's just something. I'm gonna show you. Like, it was weird. I didn't like it. It was verging on the line. Angie tells Lisa she's a phony, fucking baloney fraud, and (laughs) y'all, you were corny as fuck. And I and I'm glad that Angie is at least embracing the corniness, like I mentioned, but. And then Lisa, as they're leaving, goes, come on, my little gangster. It's like, 
again, like it was, it was, I think it's in conjunction with the season of Lisa rapping. It's like, I can't like, yeah. I can't get the, you know, it's, it's a wrong road to, to go down. Um, we, they go back to the, uh, the villa Heather calls Ashley and basically tells her what Monica had asked about, which I was like, why are you doing that? Like your daughter doesn't need to. No, just leave it alone. Yeah. And then Heather says her confessional. It's a non-starter. Don't talk about my daughter's sex life or my own. And I'm like, or well, your own. You, this is where it reaches a point where it's like, yeah, the, I'm sorry, Heather, you're on housewives. They can ask you about your sex life. Yeah. Potomac, they were just talking about fucking peeing and fucking swallowing and all that shit. Like, come on. Like, yeah, no, sorry. This is so weird. There is a, there's a place in, I th- place of it where I think like Heather really puts the Mormon hat on and off. Yeah. She put, she puts it on when she wants to and takes it off when she doesn't. Well, and I think that that's part of growing. Kind of like Lisa. Yes. But I think that's also part of growing it up in a uber um, judgmental lifestyle, right? Like it, you you end up doing that thing where, especially when you're just coming out of it, like in those first few years, it's really hard to not lean back into those old those old habits, right? Um, and she does that with Lisa, and Lisa does that with everybody else, and she does that with everybody else but she takes the hat off and on like you said and goes from being open and loving and honest and all of this stuff to being super judgmental and bitchy like at the drop of a hat yeah um but yeah it's it's weird um whitney uh then uh is on the beach and we see that her, she's reading bad mormon which so she is kind of uh we your theory was right that she was gonna read it on the trip and then i love whitney her confessional fun fact that might shock people is i actually read books and i'm like oh yeah <sighs> yeah that does shock me um we'll get to it later um Angie then goes to visit Monica in her room to basically tell her that Lisa told her all this stuff and that, but it reiterates to Monica that she's not upset that she told Lisa, et cetera. Um, she just wanted to hear it from the horse's mouth. Monica basically tells her also then the part about Meredith calling and asking, did you get this DM? Go look at it, et cetera, et cetera. And so this is where Angie's kind of like, yeah, this is clearly what's happening. She's using you as your mouthpiece. Monica's like, she knows that I will say it. Like, you know, and that's a problem. Um, And Angie's like, don't worry, I will address it. And I I love Monica to be like, okay. She literally says, like, if they do get out at my dinner, my birthday dinner, it's fine because I can get my cake to go. (laughs) Like, like, let them fucking fight. Like, you know. But also, I I don't want a fight happening in that cave. Oh, yeah. That seems unsafe. There's there's a, and also they were over water and like, it's like. And they can't walk up the stairs. The slope anyway. Not when not. Yeah. When, when they have all their faculties, <laughs> um, Monica is then FaceTiming her daughter, Bree to basically tell her what happened. Um, there was a lot of, I think I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. Like there was a lot of dialogue with this scene as well about like people being like, you shouldn't really like, you can't have that close of a relationship with your daughter in that regard. Monica is basically saying that like Bree's like an old soul and she really like sees all sides of certain things. I, I'm kind of in between again on like where I stand on like sort of like what she talks to her about and like yeah I mean there's a 
it's 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 a hard line to 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 walk because you can't really like judge a young mother for you know the who is having to grow up with their oldest child you know basically at the same time you know yeah and you know you cope with that how you cope with that um but at a certain point it's up to you as the parent to like draw that line and go hey i'm not gonna i'm not gonna go there with you anymore right this has to be a different relationship yeah it's it, it, it's a struggle uh and monica basically is like this is why i tell you and your sisters like you know you all have each other and monica talks about like you know the fact that she also is an only child in this and doesn't have a sibling and always wanted one and that like that's the other thing that's like aiding to this whole idea of like her feeling really separated from her family in that regard and and all of that so yeah it's a struggle okay so the ladies then all get ready for their pirate dinner and the fact again lisa I mean, this outfit at least okay. kind of nods toward the theme. She goes, girl, I'm wearing hoops, and I just have a, I just dug for gold belt. <laughs> like, I mean, but even then, like, what is this, a jumpsuit that she's wearing? Yeah, yeah. It kind of has, like, like, a modern take on some of the shapes. It's like, you could get away with it, but, like, don't tell me that it's pirate, because then it. It's so clearly not. Yeah. Monica, though, got, went all out with, like, the the makeup and, like, the putting on, like, a fake beard and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. She definitely committed to to the costume. Was that why she was bleaching her beard, like, like episodes ago, or bleaching her mustache? Like, I mean, but then she literally, like, colored it in today. Yeah. I was like, I don't know. Whatever. I thought they get into this rent van. Whitney goes, oh, my God. My costume came with a G-string, and I thought it was an eye patch, and I put it on. And I oh, was like. Oh, dear God. I read books. Like, okay, Whitney. Like, like picture books? Yeah. Um, they arrive at the for dinner and they, the, oh my God, these massive fucking stairs that they have to go down with. I thought they were good. I really thought someone was going to break their neck. Well, and then the, beyond just the stairs, there's also like these slopes and stuff that they're going down. Like, huge inclines yeah it's like what are you doing whitney is already in stilettos which but you were also like take them off like right your 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 feet bend yeah that's okay oh god um they all sit down for dinner monica thanks them all for you know you know her birthday but also for leaning in with the pirate stuff like joking with lisa um, Monica then starts and goes, I have an idea. Since I felt sex shamed on the bus, when was the last time everyone here had sex? And we were like, okay. Like, Heather already pulls a face about that, about like. I, how do you feel sex shamed? It's it, it's a little bit of a stretch to the whole Heather stuff. Like, it's too, it's, you, you weren't sex shamed. No. Um, but everyone basically is like, yeah, like before we left or whatever. They get to Heather. Heather goes. I'm not answering. And Monica goes, oh, my God, you, like, hate when people, like, don't play games. Like, joking with Heather. And Heather goes, I answered. I said I'm not going to answer. Like, really. It's not an answer. <laughs> yeah. But very, like, angry about it. Like, I, it didn't have to be this angry. Like, yeah. It whether, was. Oof. Whether the question, like, about her daughter was appropriate or not, like, I think that's a, you know, that's a good debate. But, like. I, yeah, Heather didn't have to be this mean about it. And then Heather's like, all of you guys are married, so it's like an unfair question and an unfair game. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I I don't know about, well, like, I don't know about the rest of y'all, but 
when I wasn't married, I was getting laid all the time. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It makes no sense. Whitney, Whitney is like shocked by this and goes, no, it's not. Single people can have sex too. Um, Heather is like, I'm not going to talk about sex with Monica. Or she says this is a confessional. I'm not going to talk about sex with Monica because I've seen the way that she discusses sex and it makes me very uncomfortable. And then they cut back to her talking about how she fucked her brother-in-law and all that. It's like. But she wasn't discussing sex. She was discussing an affair. Yeah, there was a sexual relationship there. But the discussion didn't center on the sex. It centered on the relationship. Yeah. And to try to cast it as if, like, Monica talks about sex in an inappropriate way is just, like... Like, she wasn't talking about what he looked like naked, what sorts of things they did sexually. Like, none of that. And I will say, like I was saying before about how I kind of had my eyes peered on, like, sort of stuff Monica was doing, like, with because of what happened... This kind of, like, made me look at Heather a certain way as well. Yeah. Because I was like, she's very antagonistic to Monica even before, like, even before the trip started, right? We, we were like, it's, there's a weird tension. Is she angry at Monica about Jen? Maybe. I don't know. But, I, but Heather doesn't know yet, right, about the informant. I don't, her being the informant. Oh. Unless she got some information, I don't know. But like that, like there, it definitely has felt like a shift. Yeah. And I don't like I. I have a feeling something happened. Yeah. In in before all of this, and so maybe it has to do with that lawsuit. I don't fucking know. But you know, yeah. But we're supposed to believe she doesn't find out anything until the phone call in right. the next episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I don't know, but it just feels weird. Like, so I, I would love that explained. Um, Heather goes, I'm the only single person here. And Monica goes, no, you're not. Heather goes, you're married. Monica then goes, I am literally going through a divorce and I would be divorced if the fucker would sign the papers. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Heather's like, you think you're, you're as single as me? And Monica goes off and goes, I do think I'm a single. If I wanted to go fuck somebody right now, I could fuck somebody right now. That's as single as it gets. Like, what is this argument? <laughs> like, well, I think Heather is also conflating marital status and relationship status. Yeah. Like marital status, there are three options or four options. There's single, married, divorced, widowed. Right. That's it. Those four. They're pretty clearly defined. But again, like. For relationship status, you could be in a relationship. You can be not in a relationship. You can be single. You can be like in a situationship. You can be like all these weird different things that have different definitions. But we're also talking about like a, a, a set of events, again, where Heather hasn't talked about sex all the time. Right. It's just, like, it just is baffling to me. Like you, to say that you're single, you've been single the last four seasons. Yeah. I don't get it. Like, I don't know. Uh, Heather goes, I'm just saying don't come for me. Lisa goes, listen, I respect how she feels about it. And Monica goes, no one said. And then Heather cuts her off and goes, shut the fuck up. Like Whitney said to me last night. And I'm like, what is Heather on? Like, like I just, I don't get it. And then Whitney in the background going, we should not play games anymore. And then just, <laughs> just awkward silence. And she goes, the I completely good. missed that. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> Whitney, again, that was Whitney. Whitney was kind of being a really good comedian at this point. Like, yeah. when she's not being, di- like, when she's not being directly in the mess, I kind of like Whitney more. Like, yeah. Um, Angie then decides, because there's awkward silence, because I actually want to take the heat off of you two. So, Meredith. 
<laughs> Angie, Angie can't help but perform. She's like, every time it really just feels like I, this is the scene that's going to be in the trailer and I'm ready to fucking nail it, guys. Like, I'm like, so she really like gets in the character. She goes, you have yet again come for me. And Meredith goes, I don't know what. And she goes, be quiet. <laughs> Meredith finishes, goes, I don't know what you're referring to. And Angie goes, I'm about to tell you. Hold on. I'm going to wet my whistle <laughs> because it's kind of a lot of information. <laughs> and it was just like, what are we doing? This is, just, this is so like unserious. It was very, um, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. Have you seen the meme where she's like yelling at someone? She stops to take the drink. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's very bad. Um, Angie goes, you're accusing me of doing fraudulent things that I'm in the Greek mafia. And Meredith goes, where are you hearing this from? And she goes, Meredith, you have one fucking employee. I have hundreds of employees. And what you are doing is risking the livelihood of my employees. <laughs> like, we get it. Like, you have a business. <laughs> but also, you're not not sounding like the mafia. Meredith goes, I have never said you were in the mafia. And Angie goes, can a Greek person not be successful? Like, what is this? Because, like, what do we do? Like, girl. <laughs> like, you're being Greek has nothing to do with it. Honestly, I, I think they just said the Greek mafia because you put Greek as an adjective in front of every fucking thing that you do. It's Greek Easter. It's Greek, you know, fucking this. It's Greek. That. It's like. <laughs> I I can't. It's exhausting. Um. Yeah. It's, it's just <laughs> when I thought she was turning a corner. Meredith goes, I made no claims of anything, Angie. And Angie goes, so this is all made up? Meredith goes, I have not made these claims. I have never had a conversation where I said anything of that nature about you. And Monica's immediately pissed. Like, what the fuck? Like, that you literally did. Like, she says, we did have that conversation. Meredith goes, I did not say that. Like, what frustrates me, and I think I've said it earlier in the season, is that Meredith has a history of talking around something and getting someone else to say it plainly. Right. And she did that here. She's done that before. And it's just, did you want, did you end up watching when Meredith was on watch what happens live for this episode? I don't, Think I think so? you might have been asleep. <laughs> there was, I might have. You might, yeah. Um, she said something to the effect that Meredith, that Monica had already brought up these topics in Palm Springs when they were flying over to Palm Springs to go to the Trixie Motel. And so that's where she heard it first. And then that's where sort of the discussion then morphed into later. So that's where I'm also like, oh, okay, um, that's interesting. That is interesting, especially because she would have just barely been on the cast. Like nobody would have known she was cast yet. Well, yeah. Where would where would she even be getting those DMs from at that point? But that, but that, and that, and that leads credence to why Meredith, like, like the whole that narrative of that Meredith is behind this like fake account, right? Because again, like Mo I didn't know none of us knew Monica was on the cast until I would say it, the cast uh, uh, pictures got put out. Pretty much because they kept this under wraps, and there were rumors about other like new cast members, but I don't think any of them were Monica, if I remember correctly. Remember that one that had like black hair but looked exactly like Heather. In the face. 
Oh yeah. Like that, that, that person was being floated and all that stuff. And it was like, I, I don't remember Monica being like a sure thing by any means. Mm-mm. So yeah. It, it, and it lends credence to this idea that Meredith was behind it. But like, it, it is interesting to, I, I don't know. Like it's confusing. Um, America, Monica then just goes off and just, and the way she's yelling about this, she goes, let's just own it. Thanks to some DMs. I was said, they say that you owe $170,000 to the IRS. Just like yelling this to Angie. (laughs) Angie goes, Monica said, after you told her to look into her DMs, suddenly documents appear from a fake account. And Monica relays like the phone conversation with like Meredith directly to her. I found it like, here's my thing. I found it like the reason why I'm not fully like on the board of like Monica setting this up is that America, like Monica's saying this to like, we have this phone conversation, lays out the details exactly like she laid them out right. to Lisa and Angie. And Meredith's response is just like, I didn't say that. I like, Ma- yeah. Meredith's response was also very low key. Yeah. And I think there is kind of power in that in a certain way. Like to, or it's like, but when it, she gives the same response, when she's lying, when we know she's lying because we have proof that she's lying. Yeah. And then she gives the same response here when she's supposedly telling the truth, you know? Right. It's like I start adding two plus two and getting four. Yeah. Monica goes, I don't know who this person is, but I know who everyone thinks that it is. And Mara goes, wow, it's not me. Um, they bring up the SEC filing stuff from last year and the DMs. And Lisa goes, it feels almost exactly the same. And Whitney goes, it's pretty obvious you're doing this behind the scenes. <laughs> like, very, like, we've yeah. settled on it. And Meredith goes, I'm not doing anything. I'm living my life. I'm working my ass off. I don't have time for this. <laughs> Monica goes, you never heard of her to the rest of the group because Lisa's like, I've never heard these rumors. Monica's like, you've never heard of her filing for bankruptcy? And Angie then just goes off and goes, Google me, bitch. I do fucking millions of dollars in business. I'll give you my social security number, my birthday. There is nothing on the Katsanevas family. Okay. Yeah, cool. Okay. Like, like I will say, like, that, it's the, the only thing I'll say to Meredith's defense, Meredith's calmness and the contrast of Angie being like, no, there's nothing. I have all these employees. I know my husband's not gay. Like, it's very, like. <laughs> yeah. Like, it doesn't, maybe it's just her personality and it's housewives. Yeah. Like, but it's like. Well, here's the thing. Meredith is giving the same response now as she does when she's normally lying. Angie is giving the same response now that she has given previously when we are pretty sure she's was lying. Yeah. So it's like, which one's lying? But it it goes to that whole Camille Grammer trick from season one, which is just like, sorry, Kyle, the person who loses their cool first loses. You lost. <laughs> like it's, it's very much that. Pretty much. But then Lisa gets really angry, too. She goes, you're lying about this. You're sending her the fucking DMs about Angie. Meredith, it's done. You're done. I'm so sick of you doing this mean shit to all of us. Stop it. You did it to Mary. You did it to Jen. They keep bringing up you did it to Mary. Like, when, like Whitney said that to Meredith like a couple episodes ago. What did Meredith do to Mary? Unless they're trying to pin that Cameron guy on her, but that was not Meredith in any way. No. 
Yeah. Lisa goes, you said before Jen even got arrested. She's going to have a Rico case, a racketeering case. What's going to come about me next? Say it now because I don't want fucking DMs sent to Monica, Angie, Heather, and Whitney. And then she's like blowing a gasket. And Mary just goes, okay, Lisa. Like <laughs> just so like, let her tire out. And then I, I love that Lisa goes straight from like yelling like that to then going, Crossman, can I get some bread? Crossman, <laughs> is that his name? I need to know. And it's not. It's His name is apparently Cosman. Yeah. You, Crossman, I was like, is Crossman a title in Bermuda that I don't know about? I don't know. She's like, and then I love she whispers, that, do you need bread? I need it. I need it with butter. <laughs> uh, is that why she's screaming? She, she doesn't have her carbs. carbs. Yeah. Lisa goes, I feel like you looked at Monica like you used to look at Whitney. And Whitney goes, mm-hmm, like nodding her head. Yes, because I was the victim in that as well. And I have <laughs> no responsibility. <laughs> and I said, and said, Monica's a vehicle to get this out there. Um, Meredith goes, or, or no, uh, Lisa goes, listen, if one more fucking DM shows up, I will have my cybersecurity team go the distance on it. And everyone's like, what? <laughs> Whitney's like, why does Lisa have a cybersecurity team? There's some weirdness around this whole thing. Lisa in her garage goes, did you not expect us to have someone that would work in cybersecurity? Bitch, you've been warned. And she smiles. She does that thing that you've noted before where she says that comment and then smiles because she's so happy that it's like a good line. Yeah. Like, <laughs> But it's like not in her eyes. It's just like a chest art grin, but just like mouth only. Yeah. Monica is like, God, my corset's too tight for this shit. We got, like, Lisa is like, look, we're friends. We shouldn't be hurting each other in like any capacity. And they like leave it, I guess, and decide to go and head back to the villa. And Angie's pissed, obviously. Um, and like everyone's like trying to figure out what the fuck is happening. And then I love the last scene. They cut Meredith still at the table, and she's like scrolling through her phone. And you, were, either you or someone online was like. Is she deleting all of the evidence of her? Pulling a Juan Dixon. Sorry. I just clear my phone. It just <laughs> happens. Like, I'm weird like that. Um, yeah. So, again, I think there's a lot of unanswered questions in this. And I and I don't think, like, it, it makes it seem like the obvious answer isn't the answer. Right. And so... See, my my conspiracy theory brain has been going nonstop on this, trying to figure out who this is. Yeah. Right? There's like five opportunities. Yeah, part of me thinks it could be Monica. So it could be the one that is being put out there. It could be Meredith, right? Um, It could be Monica. I don't know that I necessarily... I want to know the motive. I don't see the motive there. Yeah. It could be, now this is a weird one, it could be Angie. Okay. Because. To frame Meredith? Yes, but also to create a storyline for her in the back half of the season. <laughs> let, let me accuse myself of, she would do that shit. She would do that shit. Right. Um. It also could be Lisa. Yeah. Because she wants to take out Meredith. Because wasn't there, like, there's been, always been talk about, like, Lisa having burner accounts, right? Right. And then there's the fifth one in that it could just be some rando. Yeah. Because housewives do get random DMs from people. And I will say, if you were a rando who did that, 
thank you. You did a great service. Yes. Because you made, you made this episode amazing. <laughs> Stunning. Yeah. That was Salt Lake City for the week. Uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then when we come back, we're talking the newest episode of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Don't go anywhere. Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And, and I'm the Riz. And, and you, you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can combine that? Yes. On a wrestling man. That's right. Do you want something new to put on your reading list? Are you feeling your holiday spirit grow while also being astutely politically in tune? Then you'll want to pick up The Santa Strike, a new book by Shanna Hammaker. While home in Midland, Texas on a weekend visit with the eccentric uncle who raised him, Marion Wachlowski, otherwise known as Mary, discovers a long-forgotten letter Uncle Joe wrote to Santa Claus. Mary keeps it to share with his girlfriend Lindsay and his best friend Tommy, at first, they consider the letter to be nothing more than a silly lark. What kind of grown man would write a letter to Santa? But soon, Mary and Lindsay find themselves caught in a much larger mystery, concerning many, many more letters to Santa, all surrounding the crisis of gun violence in America. You can order The Santa Strike now on Amazon, available both on Kindle and in paperback. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com Welcome back to A Gay and His Envy. Let's head on over to California where we have a nurse trying to play doctor on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Oh boy, we're going to get into it because we have thoughts on Anna Marie and that... I I that is the big mystery I would say this year on uh, Real Housewives is where the fuck did Anna Marie go to medical school and where can she go back because <laughs> she clearly missed some things yeah because there is some big holes we'll get to it um I I I gotta say though I I really like this episode of Beverly Hills a lot and I think this was in many ways Sutton's episode I mm-hmm. think this has been Sutton's season I think you know good bad or the ugly I think Sutton's kind of like I, it's part of the reason why I get so frustrated with like the Rena and Teddies of it all, where they keep, they keep, I would tell you all the time that they kept doing this sort of like joint argument of like Sutton's this terrible person, but also she's not doing her job and she's not bringing it. Right. One of, which one, which one is it? But it's like clear, like whether you, whatever you may think of Sutton and sort of like her certain things that she may do on this season, like clearly she's bringing it clearly she's providing like i think oh, like, yeah i think it would be a little much uh, i mean kyle's stuff is also bringing it to a certain extent in terms of like the actual like like big drama elements right but like i think without sutton you're it would be a much duller mm-hmm. season than normal very much so because she's the only one challenging anyone yeah and so it, i mean and again, is the conflict point for pretty much everyone. Like everyone has an issue with Sutton almost, and like that's the right. That, that's what we saw last season as well. So, um, we start we start the episode with this fucking dramatic intro with Kyle sitting down with Mauricio in the house about uh, uh, recapping everything that happened at the dinner party. Oh dear God! And just with like dramatic music over the top, and like it's 
they love they love doing this now on Housewives, especially like anytime it's like post some like big major blow up, it's like sinister intro. Like we're in fu- a fucking like you know lifetime movie. Well, and what's frustrating? I I swear we're gonna get a credit one of these days where Kyle is making her directorial debut or something, right? Because it's it's what she's doing in every scene she's in. It's like, come on, stop yeah. it, stop it. So, and I found it odd. So he, she's recapping the di- the dinner and all that. And the whole Sutton stuff. And uh, Mauricio says, well, clearly you told her to fuck off. And Kyle goes, no. But you did, though. Like, why Like, why are you saying that to Mauricio? Right. As if, like, you, it was very much a clear, like, well, no, because we have issues. And it's like, but you did tell her to fuck off. Like, you could have easily been like, yeah, I defended us. Like, I do think there is a certain... I think they are over each other in certain realms, and you can see that there's a lack of chemistry between Kyle and Mauricio. But I also think, at least on Kyle's end, she's putting it on. Not putting it on in that it's not real, but, like, making it a point to actively be like, I am not happy, like, blaring sign every chance you can get. Yeah, it's... Well, because you can clearly tell that they're in different stages. Right. Like... Mauricio's in like this he goes back and forth between like denial and depression as opposed to Kyle who goes back and forth between depre- or um denial and anger. Yeah. Like they're in different places with it, but it's clearly further along than they are trying to act like the T on TV that it yeah. is cuz right now they're trying to act like this is just now happening and we're starting to drift apart bitch you're miles from each other right it's so yeah it's so uh, i don't know i don't and, and it lends to the the stuff that we had going into the season of sort of like not feeling like trustworthy of kyle in many mm-hmm. ways but I, I i have to default in that i do think it's real and there were we'll get to it there's moments here where in this episode where I do think there is some real elements to it. Like there's, there's real shit yeah. backing some of this, even if some of it is performance. Well, and that's what I mean. Like, I feel like she's just trying to act out the story of it. Yeah. 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 As opposed to just telling the truth of it. I mean, it's like, we're gonna She's still going to like give us a show or something. You know right. what I mean? Um, and then <laughs> Kyle and her confessional going, why would anyone be attacking anyone about their marriage? I guess I shouldn't be surprised. It's like, yeah. Cause that sounds, so stupid coming out of your mouth right now. <laughs> you are on the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, and we have watched you for twelve fat seasons. Uh huh. Like this, you're not that's you're not special, Kyle, in that regard at all. And then that weird fucking Mauricio goes to kiss Kyle, and the awkward like she clearly doesn't want it, and then like just immediately like exits out of the room. Yeah. And then the zoom in onto the black and white uh, photo of them, which is Sutton in the background going. It seems like you're in denial about something. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 a lifetime Christmas movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it feels like. It's like I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> we then go um, over to Sutton's uh, store where she's getting ready for her party that she's going to be doing to celebrate four years of the store. Um, wild. That's wild to me. That, four years. Yeah, it's. A, I mean, and here's the thing. There's been a. Lo- there was a lot of discussion about like sort of like. Well, she has the ability to support it because she's filthy fucking rich. I think here's the thing. Just also when you have like a brick and mortar store, and 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 obvious, and also 
Yeah, in like Beverly Hills, it's like super. You know, that's right. Like, that's not like cheap real estate. Oh uh, yeah, by any means. But like, I think like I would bet her e-commerce is actually doing just as well. And I think it's not just simply like she's supporting this business through, yeah. you know, the the funds in which she's getting. Um, and Sutton, the commercial goes, "It's an important night for me, and I love that I'm doing it on my own, and I didn't take anybody's money to do it." And then the producer goes. So to start your business and to keep it running, did you use any of your spousal support? And Sutton goes, of course. <laughs> yeah, because that's her fucking money. It's her I'm, fucking money. I'm so irritated at people that are trying to come for her for this. Because look, I, I don't know if y'all know this, but spousal support is what you get when you give up the ability to have a career in 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 the um in order to support your spouse having a career right. you're getting paid for the years that you didn't get to support yourself and that's part of it but also the fact that they built their business together like like Sutton's already de- always detailed cuz from the minute they cuz they were like high school sweethearts or whatever and they like very much like he his success in many ways is owed to Sutton, both in the stuff that you're right. mentioning about taking care of the household and sort of and stuff the like kids, that. and but also that she helped contribute to that in many ways. Right. So like I think, like again, it's her money. It's right. It's, like by by any legal sense, like it's not just like he, she's like ripping off this guy. Yeah. Anybody coming after her and saying that's not your money, that's that's your ex's money. You're a misogynistic piece of shit. Yeah. Stop it. Um, Sutton said, uh, I love Sutton cause they're discussing the th- plans for the party and she, they're talking about like, okay, so we need like food and obviously that. And Sutton goes, no food. Look, everyone's on that Octavia. What is it called? <laughs> Olympic. <laughs> oh Lord. I can, uh, th- it's one of those things where it's like, it could be put on, but I can genuinely also believe that Sutton doesn't know what Ozempic is or she probably knows what it is, but yeah. isn't like in tune with the She's not 100% about sure about what it's called. Yeah. Um, Sutton then takes a moment to FaceTime Crystal, um, away from everybody and talk, and they're talking about the party. Uh, Crystal goes, is everyone still invited? Do you want Kyle to come? And Sutton goes, I don't want her to come if we're going to fight. And then this is where we get the reveal of sort of like Crystal's been informing Sutton of some of the stuff that's been happening. Right. Because Sutton goes, to hear Kyle making these accusations about drinking is so ridiculous. And when you told me it's not just Kyle, that it's also Dorit, that pisses me off. It's the most ludicrous, dangerous accusation. And it's like, here's the thing. Cred- I'm going to give my flowers to Crystal. Even though she is not the most like prominent, like front-facing person this season, she is putting in the work in many ways. Oh yeah, she'll carry a bone. Yeah, and and I and I appreciate it. And I think like, I I think D- Dorit and them don't yet know how to handle Crystal in that regard. Well, yeah. Well, and the other thing is that she's different than most other bone carriers on Bravo. Like when you look at people, like really, I mean, Sheree kind of Sheree Whitfield really kind of cornered the market on bone carrying and right. defined what it looked like. Um, so for Crystal to really kind of do it in a completely different way is, uh, it, I don't think anybody really knows how to handle that. Yeah. And I think the thing with Sheree too, like when Sheree was sort of in her prime in terms of all that stuff was that she could be in the middle in a lot of these uh, dynamics in the group. I think Crystal is much in that same way. Like, she 
is cool enough with the Fox Force 5 end of things. Right. While also, and she's, I know she did like a podcast recently where she was basically like, my closest people are Sutton and Garcelle. So those are sort of like the people that, and, and she questions Sutton and Garcelle. So she still like keeps like elements of where she can like reasonably be that middle person. Mm-hmm. But I think is, I think she's much smarter than people give her credit for in that regard well and the thing is is the thing that i like about the way crystal does it is that when you look at most everybody else that does bone carrying they do it for shade yeah whereas crystal does it to keep everybody above board crystal does it to go that's fucked up and we're gonna hold you accountable let me let the appropriate person know yeah and I could really respect that because usually when somebody's doing that shit, they're just trying to be messy. They're just like creating problems, distracting from something else. <coughs> Giselle. Um, <laughs> but um, but when Crystal does it, it's like, oh, there's there's a morality to this. There's right. like a this is not okay and we're going to address it. Yeah, I agree. Um, Sutton talks about this can hurt my business. It can hurt my custodial arrangement. My husband can take my child away, take him to England. What are these girls doing? And it's like, yeah, that's a good point. Like, and I think that needs to like, well, I, I will say the only thing with the custodial arrangement, I do like, I, how old is her son? I think it's like, he's, he's 16 or 17. He's almost of age, but you know, that year or two where she wouldn't have access to him. I mean, those, that's a pivotal time. Right. But it's still, it's still vital. And I think like it's, it should be important to note that like, this is also fucked up to. spread that in this way we then go over to kyle's house and she's having her therapist slash life coach jamie over to the house um i will say as much again i think i kind of talked about it like where kyle has stuff i know i don't doubt like kyle's like has a fucked up life and i think i may have said this last week as well that like her life is definitely fucked up in many ways and i don't doubt like that it's coming from a certain place but also like i think We'll we'll get to it with a therapy session because we I think we mentioned too like before the, about how how like televised therapy is not always the best and I have I have I had issues with the therapist in certain ways I, I've never seen a therapist on here that I just liked <laughs> There's like a couple here and there but I think like my big issue is that he was saying a lot of correct things but wasn't going the extra step right like because the topic of obviously like kathy and that comes up and it's like you know he makes the point of saying like you know that there's there's to- if, if a relationship is toxic enough there shouldn't be like an obligation in which that because that that person is blood that therefore you have to put it all inside and right. all of that is true mm-hmm. and also like i said before i don't doubt that kathy is fucked up in many ways right like i i can see we can see that you know plainly but i also think like i don't know there it's hard maybe it's hard in terms of what kyle in this particular moment is going through and maybe this life coach can like do this as like the second step but i just never felt there was this moment of sort of like owning her shit in it yeah and sort of acknowledging it and we also don't know what's on the cutting room floor right? right like because I'm sure that they were just like doing highlights throughout the the session as opposed to diving deep into subjects. Does that right. make sense? Um, yeah. I don't know. I just think like, you know, she mentions the stuff about how like, you know, K- K- Kyle would never have anything happen in her life where her sister would just be immediately happy for her. She brings up the agency stuff, which like 
I mean, that is also another bag of worms that I think maybe is more on Kathy's end in terms yeah. of that. But I mean, there were, I, there's also stuff about like how Mauricio left the company and stuff like that. That's also an issue. Well, but, and the issue that I have is that Kyle's allowed to have all this stuff going on, but nobody else is allowed to have stuff going that's on. That's the thing. And when she brings up like, she brings up like her book and like American Woman and stuff like that, and Ka- and Kathy's reaction to that, and how she sent like a legal letter. At one point, basically, like, my mother cannot be used in any, like, depiction, whatever. And it's like, yeah, I can understand that that's frustrating for Kyle's end. But also, if you can acknowledge, like, you've been through trauma that has influenced the way that you interact with people. I Kathy has also been through trauma. Right. In in many regards. Like, I there's a great, like, if you go and, like, Google search and stuff like that, there's a lot of great discussion about, like, Kyle and Kathy's mother mm-hmm. and sort of, like, how it's kind of really influenced them into like who they are in many ways well, much for the worse and for what i i know it feels like they were the the three sisters were pit against each other mm-hmm. and kyle always felt inferior yeah i mean she was the youngest right and so she didn't have as many you know credits to her name right, right? and so uh, it it will make her feel less than her sisters, which is why anytime they have anything good happen, she has to devalue it. And anytime that she has something happen, they have to like throw her a parade or she doesn't feel like it matters. Exactly. Yeah. She, she, she requires a lot of praising Yeah, and and, and a lot of like fealty in many ways. And that comes from trauma. And, and I don't know if you saw like the preview for next week. I think it also plays into the relationship with Morgan. In many yeah. ways, we'll see that, like, well, to, the, I know there's a scene about it next week, but Dorit's already said it on Watch What Happens Live. She made that comment about how she feels, like, a little lesser than in the, like, she feels like her friendship is lesser with Kyle now because of Kyle's relationship with Morgan, and she feels kind of, like, pushed to a side. And it's, like, it's interesting to sort of, like... I think it also plays into how she relates to the other women in the group. Because you'll notice the ones that are closer to Kathy are her enemies. Right. Because they've chosen Kathy over her. Right. Because then again, Kathy has won something that she has lost in her mind. Yeah. As opposed to the girls that are closer to her, it, like, they are not allowed to question her because then she starts catastrophizing and thinking that it, Kyle is such an interesting, like, character. And if she'd stop being an evil bitch for half a second, I could get on her side. Well, that's the thing. Like I, I have sympathy for Kyle in many ways. Like I've talked about like with the Kim stuff, like right. I, I, I recognize a lot of Kyle's reactions in like the way I had, you know, with my family member that had, you mm-hmm. know, alcohol issues. Like it, it's similar. Like, and so I think, I think what it comes down to really is like Kyle has to sort of like, the the fixing that I would hope with a life coach or whatever has to come into how into finding the better way in which to deal with these traumas and deal with these triggers and and all these sort of things. Um, they kind of talk about it in the sense of like what she's doing, like changing her eating and her drinking and stuff like that. And yeah, it does illuminate that in many ways. And I think if the other women saw this and connected like okay you're doing it for this reason then i think yeah they would lay off and i think if you were like sort of explicit in that regard to them it would be you know they'd be like yeah fine like i don't you know it's 
it's not an issue. But when it's like you're sort of changing so drastically, but you're kind of like elusive as to why, it can become an issue. I'm also curious how much some of the other women, like particularly like Sutton Garcelle, know about the because Kyle talks also in this about this scene about um recently at this point that her friend Lorene had uh, committed suicide. Right. And like this is someone who was like Kyle's best friend from when they were like seven to like now and like she even says that like she was like in her will at one point of uh, to like take care of her kids if anything happened to like Colin Mo like so it was very like it 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 was an incredibly close like bonded relationship that and she and and seemingly the way Kyle describes it almost came out of nowhere in many regards mm-hmm. so all that trauma like like combined like I it makes sense why Kyle is acting the way that she is, but I do think like I just I just need a reckoning in terms of like you can't lash out on people in the sense of what you're doing to Sutton in this moment by trying to claim that she's an alcoholic and trying to claim that she's anorexic. Right. And I just I hope that in this moment because there's a lot of people that are like hoping that are going, well Kyle should get no sympathy for her friend. And all of that stuff because of the way that she treated LVP which when her I, brother committed suicide. Which I think is valid to I, a certain extent. I, I, think I, don't it, th- I don't think it's valid that she should not get the same treatment. I understand why people are like, really, I, girl? I think that reaction is valid. But I think that then to go through with the action of typing that and putting it on the internet like there's there's a certain level of like that's the internet (laughs) like sure like people really like take a beat before you type something and hit send yeah really because these at, at the end of the day like these people are on tv you think of them as characters they're they're humans these are people who are really going through this shit and like take a second yeah like I don't know if anybody listening has ever had somebody in their life commit suicide, but it is rough. Yeah. It is like there's so much survivor's guilt. There's like just the grief already of losing someone you love, someone that's close to you. And I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Right. And I think like, and I, and you can separate it too. Like again, this is the, the internet is not the place for this. Like clearly, but it's like, you can have a nuanced view on it. You can separate. Nuance? Yeah. You can separate Kyle in sort of like being a, a real erratic person in this moment in certain ways because of what she's going through and understanding that while also saying that these are unhealthy coping mechanisms here, here, here. Right. And also, we'll get to it later, because I, I am going to call her out on it later, of some of the stuff that she does later this episode, which is just housewife stuff that she would normally do any other season, which I always find annoying about Kyle. With right the, with the Anna Marie stuff, I have grace for people changing their behavior as a response to grief. But when they're they're responding to grief, but that behavior is exactly the same as it was when you weren't grieving, there's no grace for that. That's just you being a piece of shit. Yeah, exactly. Um, we then go to Garcelle, and she's going out to dinner with her son Jade and his girlfriend Ashlyn. This was a really cute scene. I thought. I thought so too. I th- I liked. Like seeing, I Garcelle really showcased, I think, being a good mom in this regard because mm-hmm. it is, it she did like it go <laughs> and good on Jade for like bringing a girlfriend around your mother and I could on never, television on television I could never do this but like Garcelle she seemed savvy 
Yeah, I agree. She seemed like a really good pick in many ways. Yeah. And like Gar and you can see that Garcelle could kind of recognize that in certain regards. She talks a little bit about how like Jade is kind of like the harder one to work on right now. And mm, mainly mm-hmm. because Jax at least presents himself as much more adult and like Jade is like acting as a fifteen right. year old normally would. Like so I I liked that like it it could have been very like sort of like judgy and like the and and like embarrassing in many ways. Yeah. But like Garcelle really found the balance in many regards. Yeah. It seems like Jax has internalized a lot of the bad stuff that his dad did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, as kind of a judgment on him. Yeah. You know, as opposed to Jade, who seems to have just kind of brushed it off. It doesn't seem to have affected Jade the same way. Probably. Which just goes to show you two people, even twins, have the exact same genetic makeup, right? Going through the same situation, have different reactions, and it may not traumatize one person and completely traumatize the other because kids aren't supposed to act that mature. Yeah. That's that's a reaction to trauma yeah uh garcelle talks about like you know the way he'll be like you know i'm talking on the phone with ashlyn but i think she's asleep or whatever like you know uh like at three and you were like does that really happen like do people i i don't know that that like do you sit on the phone and just talk for hours and like go to sleep being on like, are they on FaceTime? Yeah. That's weird. Yeah, that's weird. That's weird to me. Um, and, But Garcelle concludes in the confessional that Jade picked the good one, but I need to make sure I'm not a grandmother anytime soon. And yeah, then nope. she, And then she added again. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah. It was it was a really good scene. Um, we then go over to, we get our first sort of like personal family scene with Anna Marie in her house. There wasn't much here. It was just her like cooking breakfast for like the kids and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And we see Marcellus and, like, you know, yeah. Um, the only, well, the only notable thing from this scene, it, and I am, I, oh, my God. I, I cannot believe this came out of her mouth. I was, like, mouth agape when she was saying this. That she says the one thing that she has found to be one of the most loving things that Marcellus has said to her is that she, he said, uh, told her that she is, not a 10 in any facet, but that she's a consistent 8.5 in everything. Um, if that's the most romantic girl, I need to like the bar is on the ground at and, this point. And I love, did you, did I show you the after show where she's like, okay, let me clarify this. And she was like, Oh, he said I was like a 9.5 in the, with, in the body department. That doesn't make it better. Like it's what? It's not better. Like it's it's. Uh, I I can't believe that. Like she thought that that was going to be like endearing in some way. It's no. like especially with like the the headlines about Marcellus. I'm like you kind of want I like I want to give paint him in the best possible light if I'm Anna Marie. Like obviously she didn't know this stuff was going to like come out seemingly. Yeah. Didn't know this stuff was going to come out, but it's like that's the worst thing. To, like to like tell us like the first minute we see him yeah he's um not great allegedly so um this doesn't surprise me now um we then go over to erica's house and she's facetiming her mom renee uh and she's excited to basically tell her that she has signed her contract now for her vegas residency and that she has 20 dates 
from September till the end of this year. I think she's this is the last week as we're recording of her mm-hmm. residency. Uh, stuff about the residency aside, in terms of ticket prices and and all that stuff. I mean, Erica, here's the thing: it's a it's still a Vegas residency, right? Like, that's huge. That's still a major fucking deal. And I, and Erica talked about sort of like her reverence for Vegas ever mm-hmm. since she was young, which is still. Which is slightly weird. <laughs> like, well, it, and all the clips that I've seen from the show, bitch turned it out. Sure. At yeah, like yeah, yeah. 52, she's 52, I think. Yeah. Bitch? What? Bitch better work. Yeah. But I, I, I think like hearing her talk about sort of like being young and seeing like, you know, the idea of like, oh, lobster and filet mignon and like casinos and like all the. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm like. At that young age, like, she was positioning herself to be Nomi Malone, I feel, in many regards. Yeah. Like, and I mean, different paths somewhat, but... Well, but I mean, also think about it. She would have been a, a, maybe a little bit older than Nomi. Sure. But not by much. Like, when did that movie come out? Oh, my God. Like, fucking forever ago. Late 90s? Yeah. She, I mean, at that point, she would have been 30. Yeah. Maybe. So, I mean, yeah, she's a little bit older than Nomi, but, like, at the same time, that's, like, she grew up in the 70s, 70s and 80s. Yeah. Like, yeah, of course Vegas is going to be at the top of your list. Yeah. And she invites Renee to the opening night, and Renee's like, I was wondering if you were going to ever let me come or whatever because of the whole stuff with, like, Broadway and stuff like that. Um, But, yeah. Uh, we, Shady bitch. Let's see where Erica gets it. Yeah. We then go to Sutton getting set up for her anniversary event. I love her. Like, I, again, I find her, like, the stuff with Avi very funny. And I think mm-hmm. people are overreading it. Her, like, fucking with, like, the, the flower placements and stuff. He goes, no touching. No. Why? And he, she goes, because I want to see the circle in between the logo. <laughs> <laughs> like, people... Anybody that is, like, reading into that relationship, like, they're doing it because they hate Sutton. Yeah. And they're trying to find shit. It's like, it's clearly that it's banter. Right. Like, Avi is acting. He is an actor. (laughs) And, yeah. So then, like, uh, Kyle's getting ready, and she's, like, getting her makeup done, and she's FaceTiming Morgan. I feel like this is, I guess, going to be a recurring, like, FaceTiming Morgan in the makeup chair moment. And Morgan's making jokes about, like, the robe that Kyle's wearing, thinking that's, like, what she's going to wear or whatever. And Kyle talks to her confessionals, you know, that, you know, the the difference between me and Morgan and, like, the other friendships I have is the way she can joke with me. I know when Morgan and I get together, I know I'm going to be roasted. And we were like, spit roasted? Well. uh, I didn't think that was the thing that the... Lady gays did. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're reading between all the lines, but we'll, we'll you know, it's, they're there. Uh, <laughs> Kyle tells her about, like, how Garcelle and Sutton were thinking that, like, it was a makeup band, like, the ring and stuff like that that she had on. And she's like, so I'm wearing this tonight, like, and, like, points to this, like, large necklace. She's like, I'm wondering what rumor this will start. Maybe I'll have a whole other family in another country. Yeah, because, like, necklaces mean again going back to it 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 was your wedding ring finger where your wedding ring used to be like to quote candace let's not be more dense (laughs) (laughs) exactly please stop 
Um, guests start arriving uh, at Sutton's event. We do get a lot of like special sightings. Like we see Meredith and Seth Marks at one point. Mm-hmm. Like very like gl- a glimpse of them. Um, Megan King Edmonds in like the background of when like Sutton was doing her speech. Right. Then, All of which are uncredited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like usually you get a lower third. We didn't get that for any of those. Yeah. Well, and at first like we only saw Seth at, w- at one point, and mm-hmm. we were like, "Is Meredith also here?" But then I was like. If, if like if Seth Marks is here by himself, like that would be like that would be really weird. Yeah, yeah, no, of course, because this is this is a fashion boutique. Yeah. Of course, Meredith's gonna be there. Yeah, uh, I loved Avi chasing some not chasing someone, but like going behind some person, going, "You can take your sunglasses off. You're not a celebrity." <laughs> <laughs> Avi's a star. I love Avi. Uh, um, Dorit arrives and she informs us that Sutton did inform her beforehand that 80 people will be at the event, so therefore she can prepare herself for whatever. It's exhausting. <laughs> if there was 100 people, would it have been worse? Like 81 would have been a problem. Yeah. I just don't understand. Um, I love the moment that Sutton hugs Garcelle and goes, Hi, Dolce and Gabbana. And Garcelle goes, The name's, Sut- or, the name's Garcelle. <laughs> And Garcelle talks in their confessional how proud she is of Sutton. I love she says, when I met her, you know, she said to me, I haven't worked in 17 years. And I thought I had nothing in common with this bitch. And now I love her. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But it's a big deal for Sutton. Um, we see that, though, that Kyle is bringing Kim to the event. Of course she is. And basically explicitly says in the confessional, like what? Like she goes, I'm happy that Sutton will get to see that I didn't lose two sisters. I have one with me. Thank you very much. I'm like, okay. So you're like you're admitting to the fact that you just rolled her out of the storage closet where you keep her when you don't need her. I'm sure Kim feels great about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and even Sutton says it when like uh, they come in and say hi. So, uh, Sutton's like, Kyle is not stupid. She brought Kim to prove her and her sisters are close. Well, at least one of them. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, oh my god! And then Kim's saying hi to Sutton, and Kim's like, I love Kim. Like, and and like, I'm glad that Kim seems healthy. But I yeah. love, I it's classic Kim, like sort of like her erraticness and sort of like like, and Sutton saying like, oh, and by the way, like this is my friend Kimberly. She's an artist, and Kim goes, so so am I now. I call her on the walls. <laughs> and I love that one point later when the big argument was happening, Kim telling Kyle, I brought my markers. I think Sutton. <laughs> <laughs> I missed that. Oh God. Uh yeah, it was really great. Uh, Sutton gets up to give her speech to everyone. <laughs> and I love that Sutton was just like, I don't care like if it's my event, I'm going to like make like the shadiest like comments possible. It was funny because like the way that she was giving this was very much it kind of reminded me like Lisa Barlow. Yeah. Of the prepared shade and read very deliberately. Pause for effect. And then move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was really good. I did you notice also? She goes, I especially loved having my girlfriends here with me. And I, and they cut to Dorit, and Dorit goes, "Thank you." Like mouths the words. Bitch, like, she ain't talking about your ass. <laughs> A lot of labels get thrown around around other women, and hopefully not women throwing labels out on women. But tonight. I love labels. And Dorit turns to Erica and goes, I'm confused. And Erica goes, just keep smiling. <laughs> she She's talking about y'all calling people names. And then we're changing labels into labels, designer labels. Well, Dorit, well, Dorit also has in the, you know, to steal from Teddy. I can't believe I'm saying it. Pretend amnesia. 
yeah. about certain things. Uh, so, so she, uh, everyone goes and mingles still some more. And then Kim and Kyle are, are like directly by the bar as Sutton comes up. Sutton goes to Kyle and goes, I'm going to make a drink now if that's okay with you. It's my first one of the day. I'm just getting permission from mom. And they're, Kim, the way Kim and Kyle look at each other, like, what the fuck? But it was great shade. I, oh, it was so good. Uh, Kyle uh, taps Sutton on the shoulder and goes, I mean, so obviously you're upset by me saying that the other night at your house. But, you know, one night I didn't say that you had a problem. And I'm like, you are a fucking liar. You're trying to act as though this was just the fucking, like, comment you made to Sutton's face. As if you weren't fucking spreading shit behind her back. Well, I mean, it, it's it's gaslighting. It yeah. is 100% gaslighting. And it's so frustrating. Like, they constantly are doing that shit. Like... Acting like Sutton doesn't make sense when she makes perfect sense. Acting like she's they don't know what she's talking about when they know exactly what the fuck she's talking about. Right. Like, it's literally just trying to call her crazy in order to dismiss her entire argument. Yeah. It's gaslighting. Stop it. Kyle brings up the jewelry comment and sort of her being upset. Cause, well, because when Kyle says, though, at the, that about how she only said it the one time, she wasn't trying to imply that she had a problem. Sutton goes like, okay. And and Sutton's tr- I will say this Sutton's trying to engage in certain regards and sort of like get to a better place. Like you could tell, like Sutton doesn't want to like hold the grudge necessarily, which I think, if it's from a calculated place, is a very smart move. But it's also how you take the teeth out of that bullshit, right? Because what they want is to stir you up into a frenzy to where you then display yourself as the crazy person. Yeah. So but, she's just taking that away from them. She's but, saying, well, you're not going to depict me like that. That's not what's happening today. But here's the thing. So by, I pointed this out to you. Kyle, like this past week, did like an uh, like some live or whatever where she was taking questions. And she revealed that at uh, Kathy's recent Christmas party, she like said hi to Sutton. And Sutton like, like gave her a weird face, like, like, no, like pulled back. And Kyle's like, happy holidays. And Sutton's like, why are you talking to me? Basically. And like, Kyle thought she was like, that's rude. But, and she, she's like, I don't understand why Sutton's like that to me. Because you treat her like shit. But also because you're lying to, you literally lied to Sutton in this moment saying that you weren't spreading the fact that, you know, that she was having a drinking problem. And now Sutton is watching back the episodes first and like watching back the episodes and seeing that you lied to her face and that you were, you know, again, implying stuff like constantly about her. And this past fucking week, we then had Teddy going on fucking two teas in a pod again, carrying Kyle's fucking water to, to try to again, imply that Sutton is anorexic and try to say like, well, I had the, you know, we were in the bus and she acted as though like, you know, they gave us sandwiches because we were in the middle of a filming thing where we couldn't, you know, go out to eat or whatever. And she threw a fit that there was, you know, blah, blah, blah. And because sandwiches are hard to swallow. If you have a, eating issue and crystal literally said on the after show a similar situation in aspen where she was choking on her fucking sandwich like she does like like it's just rub your two brain cells together for three seconds and you will understand why that's a thing it's so apparent that teddy is doing kyle's dirty work so for kyle to be surprised that like Sutton doesn't want anything to do with her. It's like you clearly aren't at the very least, you're not telling your friend Teddy, shut the fuck up. Right. At the very least. 
but when I mean when she made the alcohol and the per- the vodka and the purse comment, you laughed at it on Watch What Happens Live. You were sitting right next to her. Well, yeah, that's because it was a staged comment that Kyle told her to make. Exactly. Um, but Kyle brings up the jewelry comment, and Sutton goes, "I never said it was a makeup gift. Garcelle asked you the question, not me." Which is true. Like Sutton, when you look back, I was like, "That that's true, right?" But yeah, I watched it back, and Sutton never implies that. It was explicitly a makeup gift. Like, Garcelle's the right. one who, like, assumed that from, like, the dialogue. Um, but, again, they also loop Garcelle and Sutton together all the time, and it's annoying. Right. Um, Sutton goes, it was a symptom of what people have been saying. And so uh, Sutton then says to her confessional, what have people been saying about Kyle's marriage? Mauricio's cheated on her. Mauricio has moved out. Kyle has moved out. Kyle doesn't love him anymore. And to be honest, I stay out of people's bedrooms unless they're single. <laughs> and I'm like, I mean, like, you're going to, like, I think, like, yeah, people are going to be, like, really sudden you stay out of people's bedrooms. Like, and yes, I understand how that sounds hypocritical in many regards. But, like, again, this is in, this is something that's in the tabloids. Right. Already at this point. Well, and it has been for years. This is nothing new. Like, all these rumors about Kyle cheating, or not Kyle, uh, Mauricio cheating on Kyle for years and years and years. Right. Has been around since LVP was on the show. Like, stop acting like you're brand new. This is not new. Right. Uh, Kyle, so everyone then starts coming into the conversation. Kyle asks, you know, she says that she never said the comment about the makeup gift and that you said it, Garcelle. And Garcelle just goes, I did. Yeah, because <laughs> then she was trying to pit them against each other. Right. I, and then Kyle goes, why wouldn't you guys guess that it was like an anniversary gift or like a birthday gift, which may be fair to a certain regard. Sure. But then Kyle goes, you didn't ask me about this and points to another ring on the same finger and goes, I bought it myself. And immediately it's like, what the fuck? Garcelle points out, why switch it up again? And she says, is there a confessional? It's almost like she wants us to ask, why do you have the third ring? Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly because she wants to use it as she it's it's double edged, right? She wants to change it up every time, right? right? Because then that takes any teeth out of the argument that you're wearing a different ring on that finger. Well, if you're always wearing a different ring on that finger, then it doesn't mean anything, right? Right. But then also it's I want you to bring it up again to make you look stupid, to make you look bad. So it's 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 doing two jobs, and we see through it. Yeah. And then Sutton and Garcelle in their confessionals being full detectives. Sutton literally putting on her glasses and then reading the description of the ring. She's like, this is the Tiffany T. True Ring. Uh, it celebrates the idea of connection, the strength that we find in love. Powerful, passionate, and rooted in partnership. And I had an epiphany, and I was like... Wait a second. Am I misremembering? But wasn't there something as, like that somebody had gotten like photographs and like realized that Kyle and Morgan had matching rings at one point? Yeah. And then I went to look it up. And sure enough, I was like, yes, I do remember that. And it's the same fucking ring. It's this ring. It's this so ring. So why do these two women who are not in a relationship, right? Have this ring that means what? That means uh, powerful, passionate. It's the idea of connection. Uh, Sutton said that it doesn't say that it's a wedding ring, but when you Google it, it does say wedding ring. Hmm. So it's it's just strange. Like, and and again, it was like that stuff, and like Kyle being photographed with Morgan, where she's clearly wearing wearing Morgan's jeans. Like, right. And you can compare the two. To me, it's I just always felt that it was intentional. To me. 
Like there, there was a teasing of that. There's no way that like, like how you know you're a Beverly Hills housewife more than anything. You know there's paparazzi. You know you're going to get photographed. Like you know this. Like I don't see. I don't think if if it was intentional because I do think it is intentional to, to make sure it got leaked to the press. I think it wasn't about the show. I think it was about pissing off Mauricio. Yeah, yeah. I think, but that's the thing. Like Teddy on Watch What Happens Live was using that against Mauricio when the photos came out of her with him with uh, Emma, his Dancing with the Stars partner. Being right. Like, you know you're going to get photographed. It's Beverly Hills. Well, use the same fucking excuse with Kyle. Right. Because like, Kyle had 50 bajillion more photos out there than than uh, Mauricio did. And was intentionally not posting photos with Mauricio on Instagram, I right. feel. And, like, leaving off, like, birthday messages and, like, hinting that stuff with Morgan very heavily. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the, we, we only figured this shit out. Because of Sleuth's able to, like, sort of decipher, like, her Instagram page. Like, not that's, to how, mention that's her, how this started. Not to mention, after all of this, when Dancing with the Stars started, her removing the post that was supporting Mauricio yeah, on the show. Yeah, it's like she knows what she's doing. Like, come yeah. on. Um, Dorit then goes, well, she said that she didn't know if she drank or, you know, mixed drinks and pills. And Kyle goes, I mean, I said I didn't know if, like, you took your medicine for, like, the pain in your foot or whatever. That's what I was saying. And Sutton goes, the medicine is fine, even if you have a drink. It's not that kind of medicine. And they cut to, like, Anna Marie making a face. But when you pay attention and watch it back, Kyle first looks at Anna Marie. Her eyes go straight to Anna Marie. Right. Because Kyle is like, well, I don't know. I'm going to check with the person who's supposed to know this shit. Right. And then she checks with the person who's supposed to know this shit, who clearly doesn't know this shit. Yeah. Uh, Dorit goes, Sutton talked. I don't know what. Like, again, like, Kyle and, and Sutton, at the very least for, like, surface level, you could say, were making it to a certain place. But then Dorit just keeps, like, digging the night. She's... Like, like she was like the same way that she was on the bus with the Erica Sutton stuff, mm-hmm. right? Like she doesn't know when to shut the fuck up. And, mm-hmm. But she goes, Sutton talked about your marriage behind your back. And, <laughs> and that information came to you from someone else. And Sutton goes, well, you know, that's funny, Dorit, because you like to talk about me behind my back. And then she brings up what Crystal had said. Mm-hmm. And Dorit is like shocked by this as if like, it's, it's just like fucking crazy. Like... <laughs> You know, Sutton goes, this is an accusation that's very dangerous. And Dorit goes, well, I'm going to figure this out with Crystal. And then, like, uh, she goes over to, like, Crystal when she's with, like, Erica and that. Dorit says they're confessional. Crystal hardly ever speaks up in the group. We rarely hear her thoughts and opinions. But now she decides to be the carrier pigeon for Sutton. <laughs> it's like. To me, it is very interesting. And, like, say what you will uh, about. What was his name? Jeff. Jeff. Uh... The the guy. He's got the podcast. That he's got all the filler. Oh, in his Jeff lips. Lewis. <laughs> Not the filler in the lips. Look, I call it as I see it. It's a. It's also a radio show. It's on Sirius, but. Sure, whatever. Um, but he ha- having him make the same comment ahead of the season. Uh huh. When this comment was made on the season. Yeah. Just saying. I'm just saying. I mean, like, but, like, I, yeah. But uh, Kyle tells Sutton, like, she wants to fix things and uh, that, you know, but that the denial comment really hurt her. They both apologize to each other, Kyle and Sutton. So it's, like, seemingly on even, uh, even playing field. And I love Sutton going, I was meaner than I thought I could be. <laughs> like, 
And she's like, I couldn't even believe I made that sister comment at the at the dinner. <laughs> um, Sutton goes, Kyle apologized, but do I move forward and run in lavender fields? No, we have to lick wounds and start our, fr- our friendship anew. And you pointed out. Is it? I mean, look, I'm not a Swifty, but I do pay attention to some of the Swifty stuff. But that's lavender haze. Yes. But lavender is n- notoriously associated with the queer community. Right. You were pointing that out. You're like. Like running through lavender, uh, lavender fields, licking my wound. Like, come on. I wouldn't put it past Sutton. Remember the fight with Diana last season where she's like, oh, I have your number. Eight, six, seven, five, three, oh, nine. And like <laughs> for those who know it, know it. Like that's Southern shade. Yeah. It's great. Dorit then. uh c- uh, confronts uh, Crystal about like so you told Sutton that you know, you know uh, why are you going around spreading st- I think she said like why are you spreading that I was talking about Sutton uh, and Crystal was, were. Like, Crystal was like by spreading do you mean saying that you talk- were talking about Sutton like what do you mean spreading and like she was like and she's like I said it or Kyle had said it and Crystal goes you both did and, uh-huh. it, and, there, and then we just see this like compilation of Crystal just going interconfessional you hear about it, you fear it, you wish it never happens to you, but today I'm on the other end of a Dorit interrogation. And it just cuts back <laughs> to her being like, uh, Dorit saying, you said you and Kyle. And Crystal goes, yes! Like, you and Kyle? Yes! <laughs> like, you and Kyle. And Crystal goes, you and Kyle. That's what- You plus Kyle equal bullshit. I don't understand what you're not getting. <laughs> But like, what is like, what is Dorit? Is Dorit trying to act like she wasn't in it? And then we just see this compilation where it crossfades in between of just Sutton or Dorit going, "I said she's a drinker," and then like, "Not a heavy drinker." Sutton's always been a drinker. I didn't say she likes to drink. She's a drinker. She's a Southern woman. We have a drink. Blah, blah. And Crystal's just like zoning out on the couch, being like, "Kill me." I'm just like, like trying to insinuate that the comment of her putting vodka in her coffee in the morning is oh well that's just normal drinking yeah that's just how people who drink drink okay so then do you put vodka in your coffee in the morning because you drink the best part this week was the after show where crystal and dorit are seated next to each other and the way (laughs) it was kind of awkward the way that dorit tries to explain it in like the most like 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 delicate way and the look on crystal's face of just like Okay. <laughs> All right. Dorit can never own anything. Find me a clip where Dorit owns any of her bullshit. It's literally, it's literally the opposite of um, the you own everything. <laughs> I own nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So then it turns. Everyone then starts sitting down next to them as well. Crystal's like, okay, let me clarify. I said it was both Kyle and Dorit. Well, I guess Sutton thought it was just Dorit or something. No, she, didn't, she said at the store that it was both Kyle and Dorit. I, yeah. Whatever. But like Kyle and but she's like and then I said that Kyle mentioned like the drinks and like the the pill combo with like your medicine or whatever. Then Anna Marie jumps in and Anna Marie goes, You have neuropathy? And Sutton goes, Yes. Anna Marie goes, So you probably take gabapentin? And Sutton goes, Yes. Anna Marie goes, But I just overheard you say that you can have gabapentin and drink, but you can't. Sutton goes, My doctor says yes. And Anna Marie goes, but you can't. Sutton goes, well, my doctor said I can. Well, and what I love about that comment of, but you can't, 
like well, she's acting like if you were to take a drink after having taken gabapentin then there would be a force field in front of your mouth, like keeping that you physically can't take a drink. It's well, impossible. Well, Anna Marie says then, well, when she says, my doctor said I can't, Anna Marie goes, well, you can do whatever you want, but they aren't supposed to be had together. And Sutton goes, I take it at night before I go to bed. And by the way, listeners, just do a Google, a quick so, little Google, gabapentin with alcohol. It says, you can have it's fine. It. But it it would make you sleepy. It could make you sleepy or drowsy. Which, number one, alcohol already does. Right. Number two, she's doing it before bed, so that's a good thing. Anna Marie is acting, though, that it's one of those things where it's like you can't take it together because it heightens the effect of the alcohol and you can overdose or whatever. That's what Anna Marie is implying here. Sure, but that's that's not what she's saying. But that's not the case. Like, that's the thing is that's not the case. And, like, I also know a lot of people pointing out that, like, a lot of the, like, sort of also the dialogue of, like, it's a lot of legal talk with with the medicine community when they say, don't mix blah, 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 unless it's explicitly in the case of where it's like this will heighten the effects of the alcohol. Right. But, like, and, and you could overdose, that's one thing. But there are certain cases where they'll put it on, like, a label, but it's a case like this where it's, like, it's not going to kill you. Right. It's just going to make you a little drowsy. Yeah. So don't go out and drive your car after. Right. But also, it, uh, yeah, uh, Erica uh, <laughs> then goes, well, I take a lot of shit I shouldn't be on. And Cartel goes, we saw it. We lived it. <laughs> Um, Anna Marie then, but then it's so weird. So the, the session stops and then Anna Marie is like whispering to Kyle. This felt so like intentional. She goes, I'm like, she's harping on you when she's saying something that doesn't make sense. And Kyle goes, yeah, the esophagus thing. And as she's like, she's doing it as she's like doing her makeup and like to where she's covering her mouth, but it's very much a like talk about the esophagus thing. And then Kyle goes, oh yeah, we were just like talking about when you said that you had like the esophagus problem. And tries to make this a thing now. And Sutton goes, I have a narrow in my esophagus. I don't take any medicine for that. And Anna Marie goes, uh, oh, well, she says her confessional. After hearing about Sutton's small esophagus, which is also not what Sutton said. Right. Like, she keeps, like, misinter- like intentionally misframing, like, what Sutton is saying that she has. Right. Which, also, as someone if claiming to be a nurse and an and, uh, anesthesiologist... Like, it's just poor form as a medical official. Like, it's, it's, right. it's really poor form to be acting like this. Unless someone is asking you for your medical opinion, you keep your medical opinion to yourself, number one. Number two, your medical opinion, all three times you have brought it up being on the show, have been wrong. Right. Because um, there's been, like, mo- they're acting as, again, Kyle and all of them are acting as, it's like, what is this, nar- like, narrow esophagus thing? It's so weird. Can't, like, that's got, that, that can't be weird, like, a real thing. Oh, my God. Like, to say you have, like, a narrow esophagus. But, like, when you, like, there's comments of, like, people on, like, posts being, like, I literally have this exact same thing. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, it's a real fucking thing. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't have the same thing, but uh, because of my autism, I have trouble swallowing sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah, I get it. Like, when you get food back there that you can't swallow, but then, like, you can't breathe because it's sitting, like, for those of you that don't know. The trachea is in front of your esophagus. Anna, They're stapped Anna, back to front. Anna Marie, listen up. Yeah, because you clearly have no clue either. You might learn um, something. When you are trying to eat 
a flap comes down and covers your trachea so that the food can pass over it and go into your esophagus. Uh, that's called the epiglottis, I believe. Um, <laughs> Come on, big words. I, I did pay attention in biology, and also I'm like a trained singer. I know about my instrument. Sure. Um, so when that epiglottis is covering the trachea, you can't breathe. So when you go into and try to do the action of swallowing and it don't work, you are suffocating yeah. and your body goes into a panic. Like, I don't understand why you would think, well, like, she must be lying. No, fuck you. Right. It's a very, like, it's a traumatizing event every time it happens. Yeah. Anna Marie goes, as far as I understand, and I only do anesthesia, like, narrow esophagus, that's like a symptom of something. That's not a medical diagnosis. If you have a stricture in your esophagus, all you do is chew your food more. If you really have a problem, you go get treatment for that. And, like, the way Sutton is just like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, like this is so, like, ridiculous at this point. Anna Marie goes, you don't eat food. And the reason you say is that you have a narrow esophagus. And Sutton goes, hang on. I do eat food. And Anna Marie goes, I didn't say you did it. Yes, you just did. What the fuck are you talking about? Like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, she, again, Sutton, uh, uh. Sutton goes, you're not my doctor. Like, why am I having a doctor's appointment right now? People were pointing out there was one moment where where Sutton goes, like, don't yell at me. And people were like, oh, that's a little, like, microaggression-y. I'm like, no. Sutton, like, I'm not giving that credit to Anna no. Marie at all. Like, Anna Marie's acting stupid right now. Sutton goes, do you need my health insurance card? <laughs> Which is such a great line. Like, what the fuck are you doing at this point? Well, and what what I would like to also point out, another thing is that what Anna Marie is talking about, which is a stricture of the esophagus, is a single point where the, where, I mean, your esophagus is basically a series of sphincters right. that, like, move your food down the tube into your stomach. So a stricture would be a single one of those sphincters not opening all the way to right. let food pass. That's not what this is. Her entire esophagus is narrower than the standard esophagus. Yeah. It's not a muscular issue, which is what Anna Marie is talking about. That would be a symptom of something else. Because Sutton talks about her brother also having it and having to have his it's esophagus stretched. stretched out. If that was the case, or if it was a stricture, that would not be the thing that you do. Yeah. She goes, I my brother gets it stretched out. I choose not to. And then she goes, shall I go get my esophagus stretched all together as a group? Like, Yeah. It's just, it, it's so asinine. You don't know what you're talking about. I'm wondering if she got her medical license in Florida where there was all those nurses that got, didn't even go to school and just right, got a right. license, you know, through that whole scam thing. I feel like she got hers through there because she doesn't know what the fuck she's talking about. Yeah. Nothing she has said is medically sound. Like, none of it. Yeah. No, it's really bad. <laughs> I love Erica goes, I say just get a blowjob. <laughs> like, everyone laughs. And Erica and her professional, I solved the mystery. She has a small esophagus. Clearly, she's not deep-throating. Therefore, <laughs> there is no date to. <laughs> At least Erica's having fun with it. Um, Sutton goes, are we good, doctor? And Anna Marie goes, that is so condescending. Everything you're doing right now is condescending. Yeah, it's, uh, 
again. She's the worst. I hate th- her. It's, it's more gaslighting. Yeah. Like this entire side, Dorit, Kyle, and I won't even, I won't include Erica in that right now because Erica's actually being fine. Yeah. Um, Kyle, Dorit, and Anna Marie are all fucking gaslighting Sutton. It's and so, it's irritating. It's so fucked up. Sutton Urquhart Festival goes, I just met Anna Marie. She's basically a stranger. I don't even know her last name. Who are you? She needs to buy something. <laughs> um, but they all basically talk a little bit about how they're proud of Sutton. For and even like Kyle says nice stuff and Erica says mm-hmm. nice stuff. Erica says something basically a, like, you know, she didn't have to like do all that. Like she could have just like sat at home and like ate off that money for like, you know, mm-hmm. however long. But like good for her. Like I, I, it felt genuine in that regard. Um, and Sutton talks about how proud she is of herself and that she's not just a housewife anymore. She's now becoming a business person and and growing into a you know better woman and like it's it was a really good ending it was a good nice yeah. sort of like moment for sutton which i don't think we've gotten not really no yeah. of just like her full like sort of like empowering moment mm-hmm. um but that was beverly hills for this week really good episode um excited to see what's to come uh we're gonna take a quick commercial break and then when we come back we're talking the newest episode of real housewives of miami don't go anywhere <laughs> Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And I'm the Riz. And, you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On the wrestling name. That's right. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And if you're anything like us, you live your life out loud. And when it comes to issues of discrimination, inequity, and outright bigotry, we use every platform we have to speak out against systems of oppression that perpetrate violence against marginalized groups. That's why we are so proud to wear designs from the Survivors Know merch store. Their team has created designs that feature unapologetic, empowering, and survivor-centered messaging that range from mild, like accountability is love and toxicity is not on the menu, to a little more spicy, like one of my favorites, fuck your laws, fuck your system, transformative justice now, which has a cute little happy flower on it. Each design is available on a variety of items from t-shirts and hoodies to bags, blankets, magnets, and even stickers. And as more items become available, the options will continue to grow. 100% of the proceeds go back into supporting the amazing work done at Survivors Know to support survivors, workers, and survivor advocates by organizing, challenging the status quo, and creating alternatives to the systems that fail us. Support Survivors Know by shopping today at SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. That's SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com. Welcome back to a gay and his MB. Let's head on down to Florida where Lenny, 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 Croquet, Lenny, 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 Lenny on Real Housewives of Miami. It about sums up the episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm with the girls now about Lisa. We'll get to it with that dinner, which that dinner was 
very interesting. Something. In, in a multitude of different regards. Uh, we come back, uh, and they're in the house in Palm Beach, the, um, and they're all in their swimwear, like, getting ready for the day. Um, Lisa gets them all together and basically decides they're going to start the day by doing a scavenger hunt around the house. But she said scavenger hunt, but it was not really a scavenger hunt. Well, well there was an element of it that was scavenger hunt-ish. But it's the it's the scavenger hunt photo challenge. So this is a thing that happens. Nor- like you have to like f- find pictures of things, and it's either you have to like take a selfie with a doctor or like right but, find you know someone jaywalking. But or, most of them were like do things, like, right? You know what I mean? And like that, it was like that's not you're not hunting for anything. But, yeah, it, it's like I said, it's a modern take on scavenger hunts. They're pretty popular. Yeah. I love Lisa going in her confessional. I know my kids love a good scavenger hunt, so I'm sure these women will love it just as much because they act like five-year-olds. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. Um, but they also, they have to, like, do a group shot. Um, they have to, like, crawl and act like an animal, uh, et cetera. Uh, Marisol does a tasteful nude because one of the uh, – but I love that Julie is like, I'm not doing that. No. <laughs> no like, fuck that. Um, they, they have to raid uh, – people's rooms for something red and then nicole finds kiki's vibrator in her luggage how do y'all not know the difference between a dildo and a vibrator they keep saying dildo and it's like dildos are specifically penis shaped and they can also be vibrators if they have the little vibrating yeah. function but this was one of those like jackrabbit like, right um, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah that's just the vibrator and alexia well alexia calls it a dildo which uh-huh. was really funny and nicole goes who comes on a girl's trip with intentions to masturbate i'm like kiki like have you met kiki Has, like i i'm surprised marisol hasn't Ki- brought one kiki literally says if i'm mo- it's more than six hours i'm packing my dildo it's like six hours jesus christ like yeah but- I, i'm not shaking her hand when i meet her yeah. if i ever meet her no <laughs> but like so, so like they all it, it's a fun little it, it was a fun little light scene like i mm-hmm. it was you know good bonding moment for everyone um they all then get ready to go to dinner beforehand but before that uh, marisol pulls nicole aside they were on the same team for the scavenger hunt. They're just sort of like talking by the pool and chatting. Marisol goes, I know you hate me a lot because I've been a little bit of a pill. Do we know what that means? Is that like a slang that you know? Because I was Yeah, like, I mean, it. I think it comes from like a tough pill to swallow. Oh, that means Or like sense. a bitter pill or something like that. Like yeah. it, it basically just means I've been irritating i've been something you don't want to deal with i you know that sort of thing yeah and nicole goes hates a strong word but i liked how they like marisol i thought this was good i was hopeful for marisol this episode in many ways because i think we've talked about how she has sort of an inability to own things and sort of like lead not even just own things but sort of like go towards the point of resolution with people and i like that we at least saw more attempts of that this episode Mm -hmm. that seemed genuine somewhat um marisol tells nicole like you know i was really protective of my friends you know when you came in and i've known them for such a long time like we have real friendships here and if you're going to be in this group it needs to be real and i'm like I understand that. Like, like coming into this, like, sort of revamp thing, there was definitely a, like, OGs versus newbies divide that had yeah. happened, like, from the start that, like, wasn't, wasn't necessary, but I, no. I understood why it happened. Mm-hmm. But, like, I think, and I, I appreciated this dialogue with Marisol because I, th- I think Marisol was also saying in many ways, you earned your spot 
mm-hmm. in certain regards, which I think is very much true. Like, Nicole brought it and didn't just rely on sort of, like, her laurels in many regards. Yeah, and I think, there, like, part of that tension also goes down to the fact that, you know, people like Adriana and Marisol are ODs, but they were relegated to Friends Of. Sure, and there's got to be a little bit of bitterness there. I mean, and literally relegated to Friends Of in order to make room for the new girls. Yeah. But I really do think that some of those hard lines are starting to dissipate. You know, I would hope so. This is three years later. Yeah. Um. So, but, you know, I, I, I love Nicole. She's one of my favorite housewives right now. Yeah. So I'm really, I'm really glad that Marisol's, at least in this conflict, putting her sword down. And now that I think about it, like, I bet some of the instinct was also from a place of, like you said, like, them, with them being friends out, but also the sense of, like, they're rebooting the show for us after eight years. Like we've been Mm -hmm. off television for that long. This is kind of our one chance. Yeah. And so like we need, like one, I think once we got past year two and it became such a success and it was like, everyone's like Miami's the best franchise right now. I think Marisol like could relax a little bit Mm -hmm. and sort of be like, you know, I don't have to necessarily worry about like, keeping that spot well and it's also a little bit frustrating i can understand because marisol and adriana are filming just as much as the other girls yeah like kiki's the only one that's really part-time she's the only one that's really doing the friend of thing where everybody else is pretty much a housewife the only difference is probably how much they're getting paid and so i can understand that frustration of i'm working just as hard as you you have 50 million times as much money as I have, and yet you're getting paid more than me? Yeah. I don't understand. I think they should equalize the pay across the board in terms I, yeah. of at least this franchise. Because yeah. I do think, like, it is an ensemble in many ways. Mm-hmm. You you really feel that. But Marisol apologizes, and then she goes, by the way, like, you don't have to forgive me so quickly. Like, you can haze me back as well. And Nicole's like, you know, like, with all the stuff that I've been, like, going through, like, with therapy, like, the stuff with my dad and stuff like that, I've not, I've learned to like hold on to anger. Like it doesn't like help me in any way. And, yeah. and we're going to see stuff next week with her dad. And, and uh, in like, I think it was like around Thanksgiving, like her dad passed away, which is like, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I feel like that's going to be a really sad time. Like sort of like having to, you know, see that stuff for her again. But, you know, I think she, I'm glad that hope, at least from what we've seen at this point, like hopefully there was some closure in that. Um, well, I'm sure they'll moment. touch on it at the reunion. Oh, for sure, yeah. Because they haven't filmed the reunion yet. Yeah, so that's gonna be that's gonna be a lot. Um, they're all getting ready to go out. Oh, the scene where like Alexia and Marisol are trying to get their blinds closed in their room, and like she, she has Marisol up on her shoulders to try to like do it, and they can't figure it out. And then Alexia gets the button on the side, and she goes, "Mira, it's automatic, bro." Like <laughs> they're really fun. Like I, I really do find their dynamic funny and even though they are kind of positioned more the villain role alexia marisol like they balance i do think they balance it enough to where like it's never i still can find humor in them yeah well it's it's giving me a lot of the vibes of old school um ramona and sonia yeah very that like their dynamic is very similar. Mm-hmm. You know, they're a duo. They're they always room together. They like all of these things, mm-hmm. right? Like they their vibe is very, very, very similar. Yeah. And I mean more old school. Well, I don't know, because Sonia and Ramona still seem to have that dynamic on Ultimate Girls Trip. 
Yeah, yeah, and I think like they're try like 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 there's a they try like you could tell like Marisol in particular like there's a try. She reminds me a lot of Dorinda in many mm-hmm. ways, like especially now. But like I I don't know. I just I feel like it comes very naturally to her. Yeah. I do get the sense that this is kind of her natural personality out when camera oh, yeah. rolling. Yeah. And that makes it helpful. Um, so they all get on the Sprinter van. They start talking about sex stuff. Adriana asks if they've ever been with a man who likes feet. Um, and Nicole shares this story about how she once went on a date with a guy that literally took off her pump and then poured a glass of champagne in it and drank out of it. Uh, Look, I know drinking out of a boot is a thing. Never, never. Don't, mm, I will punch you in the face. No. Uh, Kiki confirms that she has her, has had her ass licked before. And then also, says, I mean, they talk about like threesomes or whatever. And Kiki's like, I have done a threesome with two vibrators, but I'm like, that's, we, we were like trying to figure it out. But does it count? We came to the conclusion of like, well, no, because if it's like, we could, we in society considered like when you use a vibrator to be, ma- to be masturbating. So technically like that, Correct. Would, that would not be a threesome. Um, but Hey, if maybe Kiki can make that a thing. I don't know. Um, they arrived to dinner. Um, Lisa trips on the way in. <laughs> So, so, I all, I was already getting annoyed too by Larsa because I didn't know if you noticed like when Lars they come in like Lars like is this like a sports bar like like what is this place like it's like girl like it's like <laughs> I I feel like Lars is a bad person we'll get yeah. to it like I just don't like Larsa one bit yep um great television but bad person is she great television I think so like you need a delusional mess like she's a delusional mess who has no redeeming qualities about herself but not in the same way that Giselle is like Giselle is evil I don't think Lars is evil I think she's a like never been taught to be a good person but I don't think she's actively evil I don't know if that makes sense Sure, but it's not entertaining. At least Giselle has entertaining moments. I don't. I don't find any entertainment in Larsa. Yeah, you more roll your eyes at her stuff. I I cackle how fucking unwilling she is to sort of like actually like be a decent human being. What I'm really looking forward to actually is because her and Marcus are on this new season of The Traders. Oh God, that's want, gonna be a mess. I need him to go home like first and leave her on the show without him. Yep. And she's gonna have a meltdown. She's gonna be the Kate Chastain in the in the in the. We were discussing this in the sense that she's going to be fucking over it yeah. and like not like just be like send me home, and they're never gonna send her home. No, like, no, they'll they'll keep her around out of spite. Yeah, um, Lisa get, does a toast and says that you know I feel like everyone here is like really getting to a better place, <laughs> and I love Gertie's like side eyeing and like what? Come on, Lisa. Yeah. But then Marisol decides that she she's like I feel like me and Adriana need to address the elephant in the room. Um, she says we had a you know, really heated fight in the sprinter. You know, I didn't like the way that, that I was. She owns like her like I didn't like the way I was. I was I was nasty. Like, you know. Um and Marisol says, I think with the two of us it kind of gets to a point where we're just like goading each other in many ways. Yeah. Which I think is true. Like yeah. I th- we'll get to it. It it really is equal on both sides. Like in, yeah. like in terms of the particularly with Marisol and Adriana, but we'll get to like the side characters as well, like with Alexia and Julia. Julia, I was impressed by, but I, she raised my eyebrow this episode. Yeah. Yeah. So they make up like Adriana cheers, but Julia is like, I'm glad Marisol is apologizing, but I don't think it's enough. Like she doesn't own like that. She, you know, and she basically is like, I don't believe her apology. 
and then she just says it straight at the table. Like they can't. Julia doesn't really let this moment lie, which I found so strange because she was yeah. really pushing for like bonding between Marisol and and Adriana like the last two episodes. The problem is that she views Marisol as a bad person and therefore does not trust anything that Marisol yeah, does or I, says. Maybe she wants her to get more with like get closer to Alexia. I think what it here's I think Julia and Adriana have a plan. And I actually we'll we'll get to I think there's an actual plan here that I'm seeing. Not to say that Alexia and Marisol also don't have a plan. I think more than not, they, I think they came into the season of, like, we need to break Alexia and Marisol up. And I think that could be from, I think it could be twofold. I think it could be for, like, sort of nefarious personal reasons. I think it could also be for, like, want, like, like knowing that they need to be broken up for the show's sake. Because a lot of people going into this season after that reunion were like, Alexia and Marisol are really toxic together. Like I don't think they're toxic together. I think they were last season. Last season, yes, but this season I've seen none of that. But I think like that's kind of what their mindset might be. Because so, so Julia says, Marisol, this group needs to move forward, and I feel like you're the reason we cannot move forward. And Marisol goes, "Me, I, por favor." And but then Julia goes, and I thought this was a big bombshell. She goes. You found out that that rumor about Terry being not married. <laughs> I love that she says being not married because he was not married, but right. implied that he was. But how come at the engagement party when Alexia was taking all of the heat, you were sitting there not defending her? You fed her the information. And I was like, oh. And then Alexia's like, yeah, that's what happened. And, and yeah, Alexia did take the heat for that. Yeah. Like, I, like, whether, like, did... What, to the point, didn't Marisol say something to her about going too hard on it? Yeah, yeah, At yeah. the moment? Yeah, and she was like, oh, okay, Marisol, whatever. But, like, she, like... And, well, and also it speaks to the fact that Alexia didn't, like, speak up in that moment against Marisol. Yeah. Like, it, like she wasn't going to sell her friend out in many regards. Right. But, like, yeah, that is kind of fucked up. And then Alexia goes, I mean, what Julia is saying makes a lot of sense. And you and I have had that discussion. You know, the fact that you do say things about people in the group and then you don't own up to it. And I'm one, the one that gets the heat. And everyone's like, what the fuck? Alexia's like checking Marisol in this moment? Like, that's like unheard of. Like, well, but that it's not really unheard of because she, there was a little bit of that at the reunion. There was some of that we saw on Girls Trip in Thailand. Right. Like, so they've, they've been working on communicating better and getting to a better place where where their relationship is more is less toxic i think thailand's the big sticking point as well that i think like uh, maybe the other women don't realize Mm -hmm. at this point that how like towards the end of that vacation like it got a little tense between them yeah like yeah i i think so (laughs) larsa then pipes up and goes Look, Marisol, when the pot gets really hot, you're the first to leave. That's the problem. It's like the situation with me and Nicole last year. We were going to war, and we didn't even know why. That is some revisionist-ass fucking... Yeah. Nicole fucking knows why, because you were fucking saying shit about her child being out of wedlock, that she slept with everyone in the hospital. That wasn't... You can't blame that on Marisol. As much yeah. as... Like, they mentioned, like, that Marisol had that moment where she said, I got DM'd about something or whatever. Right. But Larsa still was, like, the f- driving force behind that. Yeah. I, to act like her hands are clean in that whole 
exchange is bullshit. She really wanted to just like she saw Marisol getting thrown under the bus by Alexia here, and she was like, "Okay, me too." Like, like maybe I, I could get, uh, maybe I could offload this responsibility. Yeah, Marisol does say that she regrets sharing the DM about Nicole, um, and then rarely Julia then goes. Marisol, is it true that you hired a private investigator to spy on certain people? It was like, wow! Like, the accusation... Sniper from the left. It was like, like the way it was prepared, the accusation. Yeah. And Marisol goes, are you crazy? I would never spend money on that. That's, that, that's fair. I don't, yeah. But that, but, so on Watch What Happens Live, Marisol was on with Crystal. And Andy was asking, like, these questions again. Marisol is phenomenal at never answering questions directly <laughs> she always says look and then like gives some like big like analogy or some like sort of like ex- ex- extraneous story mm-hmm. and it's like you forget that she doesn't answer the question yeah she hints at an answer but she never outright gives the answer and therefore you can't accuse her of lying yeah marisol in the confessional julia is like that last hair you have left on your vag she's just like hanging on it pulling it <laughs> But I will say, Marisol does apologize quite a bit. Like, she usually, if she's like, yeah, I, I fucked up there, she will own up to that and apologize. Yeah, I, yeah. Like, she's better than most housewives at that. I would say, she has a, te- here's the thing, she has a temper. I think when she's still in that mode of, like, fight mode, mm-hmm. I think she doesn't. But I think that's just sort of the way she was raised and sort of right. her temper and, like, her upbringing and her ba- her cultural background, too, as well. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that aids, that aids to it. And I really just, I will say, I don't like how this turned into a fuck you Marisol moment. No. Like, everybody piled on. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I really don't like those. Those really, like, make me very tense. Like, my my shoulders were up by my ears. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Lisa then said, Lisa then adds to this and goes, well, I mean, in New York, there was a lot of talk about a private detective following Anthony, which we didn't hear any of this at the reunion. Mm -mm. But that, and then Nicole shares that, like, he had, like, taken his staff out at his law firm for, like, a happy hour or whatever at this, like, mall. And then he was, like, Nicole was, like, so weird. Like, there was this guy, like, taking, like, photographs and, like, sort of, like you know, whatever. And it was like, what the fuck? Like it, it had to have been something. Cause yeah. like, and Mar- but Marisol goes, I'll tell you right now, I'm not that hateful and I am not that nasty. Um, and then Julia then goes without saying names before our trip to New York, a friend who was in Europe at the time said, I'm worried for you because you're friends with Adriana and Marisol is digging and asking information. She wants to behead her is the word that he used. I was like, what is going on? Like, what is this like, like spy espionage bullshit? Yeah. All of a sudden. I don't think Julia's hands are clean. Like, is, she does say that. She, well, cause, well, so then Marisol immediately goes, was your friend my ex? Like, pulls that out of, like, it does seem like Marisol pulls that out of nowhere. But we find out later that, yeah, that is her, her ex. And, like, but, like, why is, but Julia says later that, like, she was friends with him back when she, he was with Marisol. And then they disconnected and then they reconnected, like, recently. But the fact that they reconnected, I don't think that looks good on Julia's part. At all. Like, it felt very... That feels like more like Julia's the one digging. 
Yeah. Marisol goes, I don't think you should take any credence from an ex I had, you know, a really toxic breakup with. I don't want to hear about my ex anymore. And Julia goes, you brought it up. No, you did. Well, you brought, he, she brought up the ex. No, like, Julia brought up the ex. Well, no, she, she brought up that it was her ex. That she, th- that Marisol think Marisol brought it up that she thinks it's her ex. She wasn't saying that's like, irrelevant. Julia is the one that first mentioned him. Sure. Whether by name or not, she mentioned that man. Yeah. But then it, then it turns, because like they get a moment of silence, because Marisol's like, I'm not talking about him. Lisa goes, I mean, like, if you guys ever went to dinner with Lenny, like, I'd be very uncomfortable with that. And Kiki's like, oh, my fucking God, are we still doing this? And her in confessional, she goes, it's like Lisa always has to find a way to bring up Lenny. I can say right now, I have a yeast infection. She'll be like, oh, my God, Lenny had a yeast infection, too. <laughs> Uh, and then Lisa just keeps talking more about Lenny. Uh, like it, we just see a compilation of it at this dinner, and Gertie's like, "I want to pluck every single one of my eyelashes out every time she says Lenny." <laughs> it's so terrible. Larsa goes, "I think you're in a great relationship. You know, move on." <laughs> she yeah. says that explicitly, which I agree. Like, uh, and then Kiki goes, "Stop talking about Lenny. It's like Lenny, 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 Lenny. It's becoming a song at this point." Lisa goes, you're very insensitive. Kiki goes, I want the best for you, Lisa. It just feels like you should focus on your brand, your children, and that's it. And Lisa goes, look, I am in the thick of it. It is a war. And I get that. I totally get that this is a particular circumstance where this guy is domineering over her life. Right. But I do think it's like, again, you part of the part of combating that. Is not like he's winning. He's winning at this yeah. point by being in your head so much. Right. That's part of the game that he is playing. Yeah. And so, like that. that that's. I feel like if they can say that yeah. that way, but like. Well, and the thing is, is that if Lisa would just have from the beginning of the season sit down and go, "Look, this is what I'm going through. I don't want to harp on this. Like with you guys, I want." to be able to talk about other things but it's really taking over my life right now so if i don't always contribute to conversation that's why yeah yeah, yeah. and then i i would at least respect that and then when she does bring him up everybody can go hey you brought him up again right as opposed to Fuck! Stop talking about it because then it, there's like a well, she's aware. But just... I think I think I think what it was is they've been holding their tongue a lot. Yes, and I think like that's like well, know. and that's that's also <laughs> the issue with a lot of things on Housewives across the board is that people don't want to bring shit up until it's at a boiling point. Right. It's like if you nip it in the bud early, we can all have fun. Yeah. Uh, Lisa goes, who are you to talk to me about what's happening in my life? And Kiki goes, oh, well, I guess Lenny's still part of your life then. Like, like of course he is. Yeah. But I, I she kind of means of the sense of like, you need, like, I get Kiki's frustration completely. Marisol is telling Kiki, like, look, we just got to stop. And she does like the white flag sort of thing. And Lisa gets so upset that she trades seats with, I think, Larsa to like get away from Kiki. Uh, and Kiki goes to the bathroom to like cool down or whatever and is having the cold. But like she has to tell, like, talking to Cole in the bathroom and being like, look, was I too harsh? Like, and Nicole's like, no, but she's just like super sad. Like, it's, yeah. it, there's no good. My thing is like, I. There's no good solution in how to broach it, I feel, right. in certain ways. I mean, at, the, at this point. Really and truly, Lisa probably should have taken this season off. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad she didn't. I'm glad she didn't because it exposes him. 
I'm I'm really glad that that is what's happening. But at the same time, it's like, girl, yeah, like you are not in the mental state to be here. Yeah. Um, Alexi is trying to talk to Kiki and being like, or talk to Lisa, being like, no, I think he, like I think Kiki has good intentions. And Lisa's like, are you serious? And then Lisa starts crying, and I feel so bad for Lisa. But oh my god, her, uh, why I'm going through hell and it's a war and I I just am going through so much. And it's the it's she's crying, but like her, it's again she's her face isn't moving like it's it's that's just, the botox it's it's very jarring in that regard <laughs> like uh, so and, and then at this moment where they're trying to calm lisa down like larsa then turns to gertie and goes i want to talk to you gertie look my intention was not to go and gossip about you gertie tries so hard in this conversation gertie goes look i acknowledge that like all i wanted you to do was acknowledge that like you shouldn't have said anything larsa goes I, I texted you and I called you and I sent you flowers. It like it's not about like and Gertie's like, yeah, I just needed like you to say like I'm sorry. Larsa goes, it's not about like one word. Like it's it's about the intention though. Gertie is trying like to give her she is like giving her the biggest inch to just like just say I can say your intentions were perfect and there was nothing wrong with them or whatever, but you can just then follow that with I'm sorry. And Larsa refuses to do it. Yeah. You should, I, I'm just, but I'm telling you the, that it was my intention. So therefore. Like intentions are important. Intentions, you know, at least tell me that I can maybe trust you again in the future, which I don't buy her version of events on, on uh, intentions. I think her intentions were to spread it. Um, But. If that's what you're saying, and that's what Gertie is willing to take, fine. Well, whatever. Gertie, because Gertie's like, I just want you to be like my bad man. Like, I fucked up. She's trying a second to get it. And Larsa goes, but Gertie, we're not in preschool. <laughs> like, Gertie's like, yeah, we're not in preschool. It's not like, yeah, I want my ice cream. Larsa goes, no, but like, we're not in preschool. Like, the teacher would say, like, you say sorry. I'm just telling you what happened. Like, Larsa, yes, you shouldn't apologize. If you don't mean it, but also the fact that you don't mean it and you therefore then refuse to apologize is a real indicator on whether she wants to spend time with you. Yeah. Gertie and her confessor goes, she's like the little engine that could and she can't. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm just nodding like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Like, like, she can't like, there's no arguing with Larsa. Uh, and then they're just doing, as they're doing this, we just cut back to Lisa. I'm talking about it because that's my life. Like, it's not just a normal divorce. It's in the press and I'm not just divorcing him. It's also his mom. And then she goes, he got his mom somehow. I'm like, what? Okay. Lisa, like, I like, I think her mom, I think his mom is fucking terrible, but like, you can't expect that. Like her, you really couldn't expect that his mom was going to like be on your side I at mean, the end of the day. Uh, maybe not but look when my older brother and his ex-wife got divorced we were on her side yeah then when he split up with his next long-term girlfriend after that we were on her side (laughs) because he was not the greatest person back then he has grown a lot since then but like we were on their side because we knew he was a piece of shit at the time sure so like 
I can see a world where Lenny's mom would go, nah, Lenny's but, a piece of shit. But there's a difference between being on someone's side and, like, be, being someone's, like, 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 no, like, I think she wanted her mom to, like, his mom to, like, cut him off completely and be her friend. And I'm like, that wasn't going to happen. I, I get that sense. Like, I mean, maybe, but that's what her mom or his mom was acting like she was going to do at first, I if guess. you remember. I Yeah. Yeah. In a way. Um, Kiki hugs Lisa, like, from behind, like, as Lisa's still crying. But then she whispers to herself, I went to the bathroom, come back, and Lenny's still the topic of conversation. It's <laughs> just, like, just keeps fucking happening. They go back to the villa, and then we wake up the next morning. Lisa in this fucking blue face, this full blue face mask, but with sunglasses. <laughs> it was really funny. It's very um, uh, Juno Birch. Yeah. It's, uh, they said, like, Adriana said it was, like, Avatar, but, like, no, it's Juno Birch. It's, yes. Clearly Juno Birch. Um, Julia and Adriana go have coffee outside as everyone's getting up, and Julia goes, talking about the night before julia goes how the hell did she know i had dinner with her ex like and and also i had dinner with her ex multiple times actually it's like that is suspicious yeah um yeah julia goes he knows a lot about her and adriana goes i mean when i had phone conversations with him he said similar things oh my god like what the fuck like but, but was this the same? Here's my question. Was this the same ex from last season where Adriana said that he never loved her? I think so. Okay. Like, maybe that was. But, like, still, it's like you both. You, there's, it is a big world out there. There's, the yeah. fact that you're having conversations with this man says yeah. a lot. Julia goes, the guy is. And then Julia just lays out more. She, she goes. The guy is traumatized by her. Apparently, she hacked his computers. She was following him and his girlfriend. She paid some voodoo person who made a doll and put it in the freezer, whatever, like needles. And we were like, how are we? How do we have two voodoo stories on Housewives right now? And like, and a voodoo story two seasons in a row on Miami. Yeah, it's like, well, Miami makes sense at least. Like, I, and Marisol's mom did. Like, uh, like the Santeria stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then Adriana in her confessional. Leah Black used to tell me all the time that she used to go to a woman that Marisol would also go to to get her Santeria done. And then Marisol brought my photo in and told the woman she wants me dead. <laughs> and it was like, Jesus, H, Christ. Also, I'm not believing for a second that Marisol is hacking somebody's computer. I just, I mm -mm. that I don't believe. I do not believe much in that. the way that I don't think Lisa personally put that tracking device in. Lisa. Absolutely not. Yeah. Um. Uh, Julia also says that to Adriana, like that. You know, I need to talk to Alexia about the whole roommate comment thing about like feel, you know feeling a certain way about it. She's like, it's a really bad stereotype, and I don't want it hanging between us. And I'm like. Oh, great. This isn't going to go well. Like, it's just not. Like, uh, um, Lisa tells them that she's going to go to the lab to finalize her scent because uh, it's also the business trip that she's on. But that uh, anyone can come with her. But the, uh, if they don't, the rest of them will go do croquet. I, I told this. I, I used to play croquet. Not, like, professionally. Don't get me wrong. Like, I, like we had a Is croquet. Is that a thing? Professional croquet? <laughs> I think. Maybe. Anything can be a sport. Um, but, like... Sure, chess is under the sports division. Yeah, but I used to have a croquet set when I was younger and learned how to play it. And like, I don't even know why. Like, it was I don't. Maybe it was like passed down in my family or something. The only croquet that I know about is Heather's. The I love Alexi going. I'm in the mood for a croquetta, not a croquet. Like, 
Like, yeah. yeah. But then, so they go off. Uh, uh, Nicole and Adriana are going with Lisa to the scent thing, but everyone else is doing croquet. And they get into these, like, retro cars. Uh, I think it might have... Here's the thing. I think it might have been the same cars from House of Villains. And also, is it the same people who own the cars? Because it breaks down again, like, in the middle of the road this time. Well, but I thought House of Villains was in California. Well, I, sure. I don't know how many people have these, like, old retro, like, you know, because like, they seem like a rarity or something. Like Yeah, probably. Particularly rare cars. But like, it just dies in the street, and <laughs> Lars is, like, yelling at him, guys, our car died. Don't leave us. And Gertie goes, what? <laughs> and, then, like, then they all have to pile into the same. They're, like, avoiding traffic. They're worried they're going to get hit. Like <laughs> It was a looked mess. like uh, it looked like uh, Beverly or not Beverly Hills, um, um, uh, Beverly Hillbillies. That's what I'm thinking of. Where they're all piled on the truck, yeah, with yeah, the yeah. moving truck, yeah. Um, Lisa, Nicole, and Adriana arrive at the Aroma Six Thirty or Aroma Six Thirty Aroma Three Sixty Lab. Lisa, her confessional goes. So the whole purpose of this trip is for me to meet with the chemists who are flying in from. And then she looks to the producer, and goes, "Where are they flying in from?" <laughs> and then she goes, "From." chemist land (laughs) (laughs) sure let's go with chemist land um yeah they all uh are trying the sense and stuff like that um lisa's talking about you know this is about you know she wants it to get right because she's like it's my story you know behind this set and i want people to be empowered when they think of my story and the you know full sense of sort of what i've been through Uh, the producer asks uh lisa does lenny know that you're working on a fragrance line lisa goes Lenny does not know I am working on a fragrance line, and nor will I tell him, because it's none of his goddamn business. <laughs> Damn fucking straight. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Nicole asks Lisa, when does she think, like, the chapter will close in her mind? Like, what will be the step? And she's just like, when I don't feel anger anymore. Yeah. And the resentment, which I think is the, the truth. She talks about wanting the old Lisa back, and I get that, like, it's... I understand the, like, how daunting it is. Nicole really, like illuminates in the way of like how it also the pressure that we're not even thinking about she talks about how like it, like my mom went through a very similar thing where she got divorced and had to get her first job at 40 years old yeah and support two kids and like that's a fucking jarring thing yeah like it's 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 part of the reason like some of these like dependents like it's right we try to reinforce the people like have your own money like have your own it's the same thing Sutton went through yeah like, it's very similar. And it's, like, you have to sort of, like, you, you know, it's it's a learning lesson in many ways. Unfortunately, like, it's not going to, you know, be good to tell Lisa that, you know, after the after it all. But, like, yeah, like, I, I hope, you know, Lisa can find the independence in that regard right. in some way. Well, and the thing is, is that she's going from being a stay-at-home mom, basically, to yeah. still having to fulfill all of those duties, which is a full-time job. Right. And then go and earn all the money that she needs. Like, it's it's a lot. And, like, it, single moms already have it, like, pretty fucking difficult. Like, on the, on the scale of, wow, my life is fucked. Um, but to do it after... All of this time where you have no real marketable skills. Right. Or at least I'm sure you do have marketable skills. Like being a mother is not something that is, does not leave you with skills. But it it's not something that you may readily realize you have. So you have to like completely reevaluate your life at a time when you don't 
Like most people don't have to do that shit. Yeah. You're having to reinvent yourself when you're already solidified in who you are. That's that's not an easy task. No. Also, I, I would like to mention Lisa is never going to get the old Lisa back. That but, Lisa is dead. That's a good point. Like you can't ever go back to the old version of normal. Once you've been through something like this, you have to find a new definition of normal, a new definition of stability, a new definition of yourself, because that person is no longer here. Right. That person's in the past. You have to let them go. You have to both grieve the marriage and your previous self. You have to find out who you are now today and celebrate that person. Yeah. I'm just. No, you're totally right. Um, they arrive at croquet. The rest of the ladies arrive at croquet. I thought the, there's a sign that says no heels on the lawn. And then Kiki just immediately like violates that. <laughs> um, Marisol says they're confessional. Croquet is a very waspy sport. All those old geezers out there like looking lit. And I love, she whispers to somebody, dude, I don't think we're old enough to be here. Everyone out here has like varicose veins. For those of you who don't know what waspy means. You informed me on this and it was shocking. To I me. didn't realize that people didn't know what this meant. WASP is an acronym, which means um, white, Anglo-Saxon, Protestant. So it's the it's literally exactly what it sounds like. It's the upper middle class, wealthy um, white folks, yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. And specifically, usually white folks that are Catholic are from a cultural background. They usually are Italian or... Um, uh, Irish or, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. F from some sort of cultural background. So they have a cultural identity other than white. Um, whereas people who are Protestant and white are usually just white. That's all they really know. They have no connection to culture. There's none of that stuff. It's that pervasive white supremacy bullshit. Right. So that's what WASPy means. I, I never knew that it was an acronym. Like, yeah. Like, I knew what it meant, but, like, yeah, that was a big shock to me. Um, They're all eating, but as they're eating, Marisol gets a Google alert on her phone. I love that she would clarify, because everyone's like, you get Google alerts for Lisa, but no, it's just for Miami Housewives. Mm -hmm. I think that makes perfect sense. It's also a great vehicle to get them to talk about things like this when it's... Yeah. When they happen. Uh, but she gets an article where it's basically Lenny is claiming now in court that Lisa has uh, basically done like what what they called it like financial abuse or like they, they have like some uh, that saying it tantamount to like financial abuse or something like that because she has spent like $10,000 a month on Lenny's Instacart account. For, right. Like, and and they're like, what the fuck? Like lisa uh larsa goes he can't make up those numbers if he's going to court like this i'm like i mean can he i mean photoshop exists he also i believe he photoshops text messages i allegedly but like that's just my view on it you know whatever but like we were like how they're like how are you spending like ten thousand dollars a month on groceries from instacart like even if you were paying for yours and your your whole household and jody's it doesn't make any sense but i love larsa putting it together she goes I know Sephora is on Instacart, and I know my best friend is addicted to makeup. I was like, yeah, that is probably what it is. Okay, fine. Uh, but also, if he doesn't want her to use his Instacart account, he can change the password. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, th I bet you have to go to, like, a court or something like that, because I bet it's linked some way to, like, sort of the, um, 
the um, child custody thing or something like that, the temporary thing. I mean, possibly, but, like, Instacart gives you a receipt in the app. Right. So, like... There should be a way to document, like, what is what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Larsa tells the girls, like, look, she needs to learn how to manage money. Like, she's not going to have the same lifestyle that she had. And I agree with Larsa here. You know, strike me down. I agree with Larsa. Like, and they show the compilation of her being like, yeah, like maybe like this, you know, we got this place. It's like $500,000 for like vacation. And like, you know, and like it, I do agree that it doesn't feel like she is operating in the means of someone who's going through a divorce like this. But I think that's also because she's never had to think about money. Right, 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 Like that's, that's part of this whole big shock to the system because she's never had to worry about where the money is coming from, how much is still there, where it's going, all of those things. Yeah. Like, she just knows that she can swipe a card and that will pay for whatever she needs. And she basically has to, like, does that never had to think about where that money was coming from or how to make sure it stayed there. Yeah. And so, like, it's it's a huge shift to actually have to go, okay, well, I have three pennies I found in the couch. And I found a nickel in the cup holder in the car. And scrounge it together. And scrounge it together. Like, you got to... Sometimes you just got to make it work. Yeah. But Maris... Ramen is 39 cents a pack. Sure. But Marisol brings up to them, like, how are you... Like, how are we going to handle this with Lisa? Like, how do we even broach this with Lisa? Because she's just going to get pissed. Yeah. Like, we, we can't even broach the whole, like, her talking about Lenny. Like, her, like, trying to tell her that she's spending too much is like, that's not, that's not going to work. Like... But at a certain point... You just kind of have to do it because Lisa will eventually forgive you. Yeah. Even if she says, screw you guys, I want nothing to do with you anymore. You've done your job because as a friend, you have to call out your friend's bullshit or you're not friends, you're acquaintances. Yeah, that's true. Like if you're a real friend, then you can call out somebody else's bullshit and they trust you enough to know that you wouldn't do that unless it was really a problem. You're right. Yeah. Like, uh, that, that is my mark of a true friend. And if none of y'all are able to do that, then none of y'all are actually her friends. Yeah, I agree. That was Miami for this week. Another really great episode. Um, loving what they're bringing out over on Miami. Uh, like I said, really good stuff as always. All right, let's get into these tops and bottoms. We got Salt Lake, we got Beverly Hills, and we got Miami. What are you thinking, babe? Uh, I'll start with my bottom for this week. I'm going to give it to Heather over on Salt Lake. Um, I just found the shift to like the, the dramatic shift with her, especially mm. with like the sex stuff, to be just incredibly weird and sort of out of place for her. I think we might have cracked something about like her being weird on vacations. Like I, th- yeah. I genuinely think that's a thing. And like I'm telling you, evil twin. It's just like, oh, yeah, there you go. Um, but I think it just ebbs and flows with Heather in a way that I just, like, I would love to get to the bottom of it. Yeah. Like, why the hell that is. And, like, I think, yeah, it just wasn't, like, I couldn't get with her on most of, like, the arguments. Like, the stuff with her daughter, totally get. But I think she just took it way too far. Yeah. In many ways. And it was, like, I don't get why you're so mad at this point. I would guarantee you that she has some trauma around family trips from her childhood. You know what? Probably. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Again, like, let's dive in. There's stuff there. I'm going to have to read Bad Mormon, aren't I? Oh, God. I, I don't have the time. Uh, sorry, Heather. Um, There's an audio book, right? Yeah, yeah. I can put it on, like, two times speed and then read through it real quick. 
Yeah, I think that's a better option. Um, my top, I'm gonna go to Miami, and I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give it to Marisol. Mm. I actually really thought it was refreshing how she was like very like apologetic in certain ways, and like the way she kind of like handled it. And I was kind of end up being on her side in a way, at least with the Julia stuff. Yeah, like it was shocking to me the way that I was like, Julia, something's up here. Like with how you're handling this, and I think like Marisol, I I've always found Marisol very funny. Like even the times in which I think more, most of the main audience like yeah like have kind of been down on her, I find her very entertaining and funny and kooky, and like I love that character on these kind of shows. Mm-hmm. She provides that really well, and I think like yeah, I think she contributes a a lot of really great things, and yeah, really loving Marisol this season. Uh, what about you, babe? What are your tops and bottoms? Uh well my bottom for the week is going to be Anna Marie. Duh. <laughs> yeah. I mean yeah. I just look I I am someone I I will never say that I am a medical professional. Um I have watched all fifteen seasons of uh, ER <laughs> and all nineteen seasons of uh, Grey's Anatomy. Um and I will be sat for season twenty. Um but and the fact that Kyle Richards. Kyle Richards spent a good amount of time on ER. She should know at least something. She should know a little bit of this stuff, but she doesn't because she only probably read her lines and not well. (laughs) Yeah, that that makes sense. Um, Not well, bitch. Not well. Um, And I just, to get onto this platform and the first thing you do, well, I take that back. The second thing you do is... To not once, not twice, but three times in a row be wrong about different medical shit. Yeah. Like, it's just, number one, you don't know what an esophagus is. <laughs> you think it's the same thing as a trachea. Right. And it's not. Um, number two, you don't know what gabapentin is or what the protocol is for prescribing it. And whether it can be used with alcohol or not safely. Yeah. Um, and three, you don't know the difference between an, esoph- an esophageal uh, stricture and a narrowed esophagus. Those are different things, different conditions. Do your research. Yeah. I mean, it's not that fucking difficult um, to literally Google something and to look up on reputable websites this medical information. Like, before you get on there and be loud and wrong about something you're supposed to be an expert on, do your fucking research. Know what the fuck you're talking about because you're just making an ass out of yourself. That's it. Um, and then my top for the week is going to be Monica. Um, not necessarily because I feel like she quote unquote performed super well this week, but more because I see her going through it. Yeah. Like after knowing nothing about her dad's side of the family from Columbia or her dad at all. Um, and then having her mom seemingly, I mean, it has to be her mom. We don't have confirmation of that, but like, there's nothing else that it could have been to cut off all access to that side of the family. Right. I don't know how she kept it together as much as she did. Um, because I would have lost my shit. I, I think I would have done a swan dive off of that top balcony. Because that's rough. To feel all alone and to have that happen in a group where you've already been ostracized from these other women to a certain degree. Yeah. And for it to happen on your birthday. And for it to happen when you don't have your 
your children at least to comfort you. Like, girl, that I hope you have Monica, if you're listening, I know you follow me on Twitter, <laughs> but um, you know, if you're listening to this, Monica, I hope you have a circle that is like surrounding you and with you and lifting you up through all of this. Cause I know the girls from the cast are not on your side right now. I know you're on an Island, but like you have fans that are supporting you. You have family, whether your mom wants to say that you do or not, like girl, keep your chin up. You'll be okay. You'll get through it. Hey, thanks for tuning in to this episode of A Gay and His Envy. Join us next time for more of our recaps and hot takes. And be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening. And check us out on our social media at A Gay and His Envy on all the platforms. A special shout out to Shane Ivers who wrote Pulsar, the song we use for our theme. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And, and we're, we're out. out. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.